Navarra had never heard any saying like that. The laughter made the hair on the back of her neck try to stand. That is right. Ooh, what's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clyro. And this is The Nerdy, The Wordy, The Book Club, the final episode of the chapter reactions of <laughs> The Knife of Dragons. Final episode of Book Club. Uh, no, it's Knife of Daggers. Knife of Daggers. Knife of Daggers, yes. Yeah, right, right, that right, is the right, name right, of this right. book. You cannot convince me otherwise, and yes, I can read. One <laughs> of us can. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today's an exciting day for us because mm-hmm. Clarus has been working on something for a while and uh, we get to finally show it off. Oh, yes. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what announcement did you think we were starting with today? I, I, I don't. <coughs> I don't even know. In my head, I was thinking about my Cal cosplay and I was like, what does that have to do with it? So uh, this is uh, Clarus. The Clarus commissioned an artist for this. Thank you, Bunthorn. Thank you, Bunthorn. Um and so yeah, this is the new Matt merch. Uh, it says "I'm no bloody, I'm no bloody hero" on it. it. It's got all of his classic elements. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and this is uh, this is something Clarus has been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, I, I, I this was like a, a shirt idea I had in book club. I don't know, like book five or something. Like it's it's been forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, like this one, this if. This one I can remember the idea that I had. That means it was probably pretty good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Bunthorn made this for us. There's um, uh, if you go over to the talk merch... about it for a sec. I need to run. I need my phone. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, if you if you want one, if 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 you want one, they're available on uh, Fourth Wall uh, Shop Dash Fourth Wall dot com slash nerdy then the link is always so funny um amv fan thank you for the super chat have fun at the DD movie it is so 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 good we loved it uh um, heads up guys if you are a patron or a member go over there first because there is a five dollar coupon code uh for patrons and members in those sections of those respective sites mm-hmm. if you're a youtube member go to the community tab and if you're a patron go to the patreon uh and uh, there's five dollars off any of the new merch items which is the matte stuff uh, which comes in hoodie, t-shirt, and yeah. mug. Uh, there's also a new visor version of the Siswaya Mommy. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a flame and claw shirt, which is just a like, uh, the, just that, that that I said I logo big. I'll yes. probably be wearing that next week so you mm-hmm. can see it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so Matt. Yeah, it turned out so good. You yeah. can get it on like lighter colors and this will be like dark. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Huge shout out to Bunthorn. Thank you for that. Rylane, thank you for that super chat. Just popping in, but I have to get back to work right away. Sorry to hear that. Look forward to listening later. I am look forward to you listening to it. Thanks for popping in. I'm glad when you like can. the merch. <laughs> um, uh, Dwayne Swab says I'd like it even if I don't care for Madrim Gotham. Fair. That's, I guess that's we a good We commissioned sign. this before the latest few books. <laughs> hey, I still like Matt for the most part. For he the most just, part. <clears throat> he just, you know, ugh. Women. Blue! Uh, Thank blue. you for gifting 10 memberships. Thank you! <clears throat> blue just doled out 10 discount codes. Hell uh, yeah. For Get some it. merch if you want it. Uh, so all of you who are uh, in the in the flock of blue. In. <laughs> I wish we could change the member color to blue. I know, instead of green. Because it would be very funny. It, that would be... That blue would be blued great. all over our chat. 
I mean, pretty much, yeah. Book club, let's go. Uh, is there any, okay, uh, some other housekeeping before we get going here. Uh, the Nerdy Wordy Book Club is going international for the first time one week from today. That is right, we're doing a live Nerdy Wordy Book Club across the You're Atlantic about Sea. about to say galaxy, weren't you? No, I was going to say across the... Atlantic Sea, and then I didn't remember if it was the Atlantic or the Pacific on this side, uh, and so I stopped to make sure that I had the map right in my head. Of course. We're of going course. across the Atlantic Sea, if my wife will stop interrupting my announcement, for uh, Nerdy Wordy Book Club Star Wars edition, live from Star Wars Celebration Europe in London, UK, we are doing Jedi Battle Scars, the new novel by Sam Maggs, mm -hmm. there from 1 to 2 on the Holonet news stage in uh, the building that it's in. I don't know. You, If you're going to Star Wars Celebration, you know where the building the is. The conference center. Um, Arazu, thank you so much for 10 gifted memberships. Arazu, thank you for blueing all over the chat. We appreciate that. Uh, and hitting up our mod, Matterk, with one of those. Seriously, you guys, uh, we really appreciate that. That's awesome. Much love to our mods. If you are going to be at Star Wars Celebration, uh, come to our panel or find us in person. We have a variety of pins that we're giving out. We have mm -hmm. some, like, Ahsoka pins. And then Clarus and I um, are, like, Jedi Fallen Order characters that we had created. Um, we have pins of those characters as well. Night, Nerdy Sister Marin and Clarus Kestis. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll be giving those away at the convention if you come to the panel or if we see you around. Um, yeah, we're also going to, like, <clears throat> uh, we're on the Thursday, we're going to, like, pick a random pub in London. And if you want to yeah. come and get a drink with us, you can. So if you're in London and you want to come hang out, we'll let everyone know what that pub is. In the Discord. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Burnt Ashaman Sen says, Nerdy knows it's an ocean, yeah? Yeah, I do, but, um, in my head it's Manchester, England, England, across the Atlantic Sea, and I'm a genius, genius, I believe in God! Do you not know that song? I've heard you sing it. Yeah, I you think. need to see hair. Hair is fantastic. Oh, hair. <clears throat> yeah. I got my eyes, I got my the nose, Bloop I got Club. my teeth, I got yeah. my face, I got my hands, I got my... Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. What a song. <laughs> Hair is a, is a show. No, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, that song is wild. It's uh, really good. It's a good show. Um, I got to grind with Will Swenson when I was 17. It's a fond memory. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was a good time. Happy for you. And also, I have a new gamer... Subs, uh, uh, Shaker, it's Gamer Girl. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you know us, you know that we love Gamersups, and um, we're friends with them. And so if you use coupon code CLARUS, you can get 10% off your order at Gamersups.gg. Go yeah. do that. But for now, should we get into book club? Ooh, did you give me the... Which one did you give me? Emotional damage. Oh, that's fucking tasty. Turvok <gasps> gifting 10 nerdy nightly memberships. Thank you, Turvok. Turvok, thank you so much. Guys, we have a hype start to book club today because it's it's a finale. It's it's an end of a book book club. It's it's a it's a finale. We got new merch. Mm -hmm. We're gonna be in London next week. Guys, it's a hype hype book club. <laughs> Turvok um, club. <laughs> Turvok club. Turvok, thank you so much for those memberships. I think everyone in the chat is gonna be green mm -hmm. by the end of today. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Nerdy <laughs> needs to write his erotic like like novel, his erotic life novel. Um, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to like write about real people. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh -huh. There's too many people in that. Like, so many people would be mad at me. <laughs> no, you just here's the thing. You 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 write it under the guise of like of uh, fiction, and it's not your name. It's not their name, but like the situations are exactly Can you the imagine? same. And then and then they'll all pull uh, uh, the last five years. 
um, and you'll get sued for it. <laughs> yeah. Derp burp. Derp Coming to attendance to memberships. What oh a hype God. start, guys. Did you guys like the end of Knife of Dreams? Is that what's going or on here? Or is it here? the merch? Or do you like the merch? Or is the merch? Michael Kioski gifting 10 nerdy nightly memberships. Oh yeah, if you guys God. keep giving memberships, there won't be anyone left to gift memberships to. Yeah, what are we going to do then? Michael Kioski, thank you. Turvok, Dirt Burb, uh, Arazu, and Blue, all five of you. You, you dang dudes. You Dirt diddly dang put. dudes. G-O-C-G-C? <coughs> What's the G-D-C? I don't know. Pick it up. Uh, I don't want to. No, don't pick I'm it up. I'm just reading it. No. That looks official. I don't know. Game Developer Conference? What? The GDC is the Game Developer Conference. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, all right, Harus, um, I think that's all the housekeeping. Yes. Uh, it's under eight, it's under 10 minutes, so I don't want to hear any complaints. We crushed it. We crushed it. Harus, uh, <laughs> what do you think of the first? Um, first. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. What do you think first. of the end of Knife of Dreams? <laughs> what do you think of the first? We finished 11 books baggers. in the Wheel of Time. No, we finished 12. We have finished 12 books in the Wheel of Time. This is 12. This is 11, but oh, the prequel. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, man. <clears throat> uh, it's great. Um, it's great. I, I had a really fun time with the end of this book. Uh, lots happened. Lots got, like, wrapped up. It most, like, you know, I say, like, wrapped up. Obviously, there's still stuff left. But, like, mm -hmm. um, it was very satisfying in a lot of ways. And uh, that, it, it, yes, it brought me joy. Okay. I, no, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you you were happy with it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I was happy with it. There's obviously things that, like, that I'm still like, okay, but <laughs> but for the most part, I, 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 feel like I, I feel like I got a lot out of the end of this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you? Uh, yeah, I found it equal part satisfying and frustrating. Fair enough. In, like, equal measure. Um, there's a lot that I really liked about it. All things balanced as they should be. <laughs> yes, I am the Thanos of the Wheel of Time. I am the Thanos of the Wheel of Time. If you cut half of the books down, I think this would be a much better series. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Alright. If it had an editor, maybe not half, like not exactly yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, but no, like no. if you know, if it had been edited by somebody, it would it would be really nice. Wow. Um <laughs> No, wow. no, I I'm 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 I don't I'm that that is a joke. Um not well, it's not. Uh There's it's some kind stuff of a joke. that doesn't need to be there for um, sure. <clears throat> the no, I, I found I found the end of this book equally frustrating and satisfying in um in an interesting way. I, I find that I think that people are gonna be frustrated hearing me say this, but I honestly found the end of the book <clears throat> to be too quick in a lot of ways. Mm, interesting. In that I felt like there was so we spent four books leading up to these conclusions. Yeah. And a lot of them are very clean and yeah. very, like, like a lot of the solutions to these four book long problems, yeah. we've read like a million words leading up to these conclusions. Mm -hmm. And I felt a little bit like a bow was tied and the present was shuffled off the line at the end in a way that I didn't necessarily find the most the most satisfying mm, yeah, considering yeah, yeah. the amount of buildup each of these stories was given. Yeah. Right. And I think that if the, if the amount of buildup for each of these individual plot lines hadn't been so much talking mm -hmm. and so much narrative like setup, 
I don't think I would have minded as much. Yeah, everything was very like cleanly, like ah, then. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I want to talk at the end. I don't want to get into it now because mm-hmm. I, I want to talk through it first and then bring up some of my points about why I, f- like what is not winning for the franchise for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to set up the idea of that, I, I think that all of them had such an easy time mm-hmm. in a way that I found dissatisfying considering I've been told for books, this is going to be so hard. This is an almost impossible situation. It's almost insurmountable. And then it's like, Bang, bang, bang. All of those plot lines are done. We didn't lose too many people. And it, it was kind of easy, yeah. honestly. Perrin's like, yeah, we lost less than 100 people. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. That went off real easy. Yeah. And so I, I think that there's going to be people in the comments who are like, you've been complaining about these stories ending for so long. Now they're over and you're complaining that they wrapped up too quickly. And I understand. I understand that criticism of me. I think my, I think that I feel like... The the consequences of the buildup of the actions was not to the level of the buildup, right? I feel like the consequences were, it almost felt, and I don't want to put intent on Robert Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. But it almost felt like he was like, fuck, this is going on for too long. I'm just going to write an ending to all of it really quickly so that I can get to the next book. Mm-hmm. As opposed to giving these battles kind of the weight of four books on them. Yeah, it's it's... I'm, like, very happy that so much was concluded and wrapped up. Like, that that made me happy. But it was kind of like we got to the top of a very, very tall cliff. Mm-hmm. And we blinked and we fell to the bottom. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, like, it, yeah, yeah. And and there was... there There wasn't, like, much of... I've never really felt like any of our characters are in danger ever since Dumai's Wells. And so yeah. it mm-hmm. always just feels like, yep, yeah, everyone's everyone's gonna be just fine. Like I, I'm never worried. There's never really a lot of tension there, which um, sometimes is nice to read. You're like, yep, yeah, I know everyone's gonna be just fine, and it's all good, and like that's like very comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it 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 does it does a weird thing with the stakes, where I'm like, yes, the stakes of this world are high because this world might fucking fall apart and everybody dies. But, like, I'm never worried for, like, individual characters inside of their own plot lines. Um, like, our main yeah. characters. Our, our main, our main characters, anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, there's there's just, there's always a way out. And, like, our main characters keep getting kidnapped. But they, but there's always a way out of that. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it is interesting, right? I feel like the the peak of the tension in terms of this whole series for me right now mm-hmm. is the little girl Rand tried to bring back in the stone. When I think about, like, what was, like, the highlights of, like, emotionality in the writing of the series, yeah. the the biggest struggle I think any of our characters has really had was that moment. And I don't know that... I don't know in the world building out that has happened since, kind of, the uh, uh, the Aiel have made it into Randland mm-hmm. and how it, the world keeps growing and growing and growing, that the series has found times to really push our main characters mm-hmm. you know because we, we, we get like this moment with Perrin where Perrin is looking at the axe and um he throws it into the tree mm-hmm. and I, I was like oh this is going to represent this huge change in Perrin mm-hmm. and in terms of how he approaches future situations yeah and the scene itself was great and like, the I was scene like, is oh, great fuck yeah like a hundred percent it's an incredible scene <clears throat> But the parent that we have met since then, mm-hmm. the version of this character, and going into this fight, he is 
as ruthless. He is as physically violent. Like, I, I don't feel like I've, I don't feel like him getting rid of the axe. I don't think the difference between him cutting people's heads off and him bashing people's heads in with a hammer is a big enough difference for the amount of weight that was put into the nonviolent conversation that was had. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't view a huge difference between smashing someone's face in with an axe mm -hmm. or, or or cutting off with an axe and, and smashing with a hammer. Yeah. And so, like, there, there's things like that where, like, there are these great scenes and I don't know that they pay off narratively for our characters very well. Mm -hmm. Like like cleansing the taint, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like the cleansing of the taint was this massive moment. And ultimately, narratively, it hasn't had a lot of weight mm -hmm. since. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And so they're, 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 you're, you're right. There is this sort of weird pull of like, what are the stakes of this world? Yeah. And is it just that the food is going bad? Yeah, I, I definitely thought that there would be a bigger shift there as well. Um, and there wasn't. And we have the shift that now, like, Perrin is reunited with Fael, which is, like, awesome. Uh, but the, but he, I, I, I thought that, like, a change in his humanity was coming when he mm -hmm. left the axe behind. And that, that really hasn't changed, you know? And uh, people are saying that, like, this, the, we, when we talked about this earlier in this week, I was yeah. like, yeah, the, the hammer has other uses, but so does an axe. Yeah, it's for turning women on on TikTok. Well, that that as well, actually, um, that 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 as well. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't build a house without an axe. I, I don't know, like. Well, if it's a wooden house, you can't you you can't build without destroying, like and, and so even even in metalwork, even you, with a hammer, yeah, you, you can't build without destroying. Yeah, you have to melt and, down the ore first, and and yeah. So I, I feel like and the hit it a lot from what I've seen on TikTok. <laughs> this argument of like axes are only for bad things doesn't really hold water to me. You can do just as much damage to a human body with a hammer as an axe, and you can build just as many ha houses with. Well, actually, no. You need an axe and a hammer. I think my problem with the metaphor is that in order to build great things, you need the axe and the hammer. It's not either or, it's both. I think the metaphor would have been a little bit better with like a sword, right? Because that's what the, the, the um, is it the, I, I, yeah, it's the Aiel. They don't wield swords because the sword is just like, the, uh, like a sword is only for killing. That is the one purpose that a sword has other than like decorating. Yes, uh, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A sword would make more sense. But the, the axe is a little bit weird, especially because like the axe represents, like you said, Master Luhan and his connection to the two rivers. <laughs> one second, one second. Yeah. The, people are like, there's a difference between a wood axe and a battle axe. There's also a difference between a forge hammer and a bat and a war, war hammer. hammer. <laughs> like the, the arguments that some people in chat are making, mm -hmm. they don't hold water. Like Perrin's not taking like... A, a hook and claw hammer out into the beating people. He has a war hammer. Yeah. Derberb, welcome back to the nerd table. The reason matters, Perrin is choosing why. And that's what I wanted to see more of. Yes. Like, I, I, wanna, I want more time in Perrin's head as to what that change means for him because I just don't think that we've seen enough of that yet. And maybe but we just haven't got there. He's just writing it. But, but here's, the, here's my problem with it. Mm -hmm. Is that when Perrin is in this battle with the Aes Sedai, or, mm -hmm. or sorry, with the Damani, Right. Okay. Yeah. He, he isn't at all concerned about the carnage of this fight. He is a okay with the damage that is being done to the Shido. Yeah. 
And that is where I don't feel like I have seen the play out of the axe moment. Yeah, I think he we're is not so... at the end of that arc yet. And, and I think that we might get there. Yeah. I just think that because of the way all of these arcs are stretched out over multiple books, mm-hmm. what I'm missing is the, the if the resolution comes, it comes... The, I feel like the axe moment should have been after the Shido fight. And then, the, and well, then, how know. does Perrin That's... deal with seeing Carnage and going into the final battle, not want being wanting to be nonviolent? I don't know. I don't know because then it might that then it's less. Well, I, I guess either way, like Fayil being gone or Fayil being with him, she still influences that choice in some way. Because so I was like, well, no. If if it's after he got Fayil back, then it's almost an easier choice to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that that gets even like muddier. I I like I it's it's I, I, it's a metaphor that I can like understand, but I just don't think it's the like most clean cut like strongest one uh, because of the nature of these like weapons, you know, and the fact that like people are still dying, and so I, I am, and that he's the one killing them. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I I am hopeful that like. We just haven't seen what's... We haven't seen the payoff or outcome for Perrin yet. Because mm-hmm. if that just kind of gets... If, if that's the most that happens with it, I will be kind of disappointed. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because <clears throat> um, I love the axe moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good moment. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to <clears throat> know what that means for Perrin. Because right now... Right now, I don't really... Right now, Perrin, to me, is only, like, getting Fayil back, and there's nothing else to him in, in, in the moment. Well, and he... Because he looks at the axe in that moment, right? He He's looking down at the, the Shido with the axe, like, am I going to cut off this guy's hand? And it, that the, the brutality of that shocks him. Mm-hmm. But the brutality of allowing 200 women to be collared into slavery with the Sanchin doesn't. Later, Right. And so my question is, what lesson did he learn from throwing away the axe that isn't translating to the women that he's now basically like helped into slavery? Yeah. And so and and that's where I'm that's why I'm saying, like, if this moment had happened after the Shido and you had this moment where Perrin is like, what have I done? I actually like I maybe what I did here was bad. I think that I could be more on board with it, but him being like, oh my God, I've gone too far. I need to put the ax down, pick up the hammer. Let's go enslave some women. That's, that's where the like, well, what lesson did you learn about violence? Like what, what is the emotional change that you've gone through as a character? Yeah. Cause right now I, that is not clear yeah. to, to me. So we'll have to see, <clears throat> we'll, we'll have to see where else it goes. Um, Cause I thought that that would come into play in this battle, but it, it doesn't. Nope. Uh, let's get into it, though. Let's get into that battle, because that's where we start today mm-hmm. uh, with Chapter 28 of Knife of Dreams in Malden. Uh, I, I hope you guys find this conversation interesting, because I'm, I'm on a, uh, Oh, sorry, Michael Kioski. Um, <gasps> Michael Kioski, thank you for the super chat. Perrin should have ditched the axe for Old Spice. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. That's yeah. so funny, because the... the um, Old Spice, way better. <laughs> oh, I can't yes. even say that. I was about to say something wow. about the thing I did. Um, oh, yeah, you can't talk about that yet. But it's related uh, to Old Spice in a weird way. Um, incredible. Yeah, so uh, let's get into In Malden, the um, <clears throat> the chapter 28 of The Knife of Dreams. Uh, we start this week with Fayil. Uh, Fayil is a character uh, who uh, is from the Wheel of Time. If you've been, if this is your first episode, uh, she's married to that guy we were just talking about. Welcome on into uh, the book club. <laughs> Can yeah, you yeah. imagine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've been going for a year and a half in the same book series. I think I'm going to check out this episode. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so uh, Fayil 
wakes up in the middle of the night and uh, her roommate comes home uh, a little bit, uh, you know, suspicious-like. And so she does what any roommate would do, uh, attack that woman, tie her up, and throw her in a corner because it's escape day! Hell yeah! Y'all, it's finally escape day for the ladies And they're so, like, excited. They can't even, like, stop smiling. They're Mm -hmm. like, so fucking ready to get out of here. Uh, Eric, welcome back to the nerd table. I walked in the door bleeding from everywhere to talk about tools, and Clara's looking like she is casually covering up a vampire fight. Guys, I'm not a vampire, I promise. I promise. Fair, fair, fair. Yet. I mean, you're pale enough. It would work. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't change. Like I like my skin tone would be the exact same. So, but uh, I appreciate it. Welcome back for fourteen <clears> months, <throat> guys. My smart serve um, is expiring. <laughs> oh no! Whatever will you do? <laughs> um. All right. So we uh yeah we meet uh we meet them tying up a lady. Uh, because they got to go meet Galena. They've got the rod. We know they got the rod. Uh, and they need to go to a secret burned out hut in the middle of the city mm-hmm. to go um, to, to, to get out today. Because Fayil, while curious why it's taken Perrin, you know, almost two months to save her, is very happy that he's not there. Because if he was there, things could go very bad very quickly. <clears throat> yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. But don't worry, they don't. But uh, <laughs> so uh, Fail uh, goes to meet Galena, uh, and Galena's like, "Yo, uh, we can't do this out in the open. Come with me into this basement." Yeah, she's like, "I picked the most precarious looking structure that I possibly could. We're gonna go in here." And Fail's like, "That's a little bit strange. Why don't we just go do it here?" And Galena's like, "Cause I said so." She's like, "All right, that checks out." Sure. <laughs> and I was like, "No, don't do it." It's like yelling at the book. <clears throat> and yeah. so, you know, of course, uh, Galena gets the rod and, uh, you know, <coughs> pulls some bullshit <clears throat> and traps them under a uh, giant pile of burnt rubble, basically. Yeah. Traps them in the in the, in the thing, in the house. Um, and it's very sad. Very dusty in there. Very dusty. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. This plan was terrible. What, who's playing? Galena's? Oh, Fayil. No, Galena's makes sense. Uh, Galena's makes sense. Uh, if I was Fayil, I would not give the rod until I was, like, in the clear. If I was Galena... But that's me personally? <laughs> hear me out. If I was Galena, uh-huh. I would have had... Um, we know it's Morghese, but she, who she knows Megden. is Megden. Yeah, yeah. I would have had her clear my oaths. Oh, right, because she can channel. I wonder like, if all, yeah. all Galena had to do is be like, girl, I need you to channel some spirit into this really quick. And like, she, like, Megden could have had her, she could have cleared her oaths here. And I'm like, Galena, what are you doing? Maybe you need a certain amount of the power to activate the rod, and Megden isn't quite strong enough. Because we know that she struggles, but that's not really been talked about. I don't know. We've never been told that there's like an amount of of power, that power that's yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Landfears. <clears throat> Landfears. Bow. I love your name. <laughs> Welcome back to the nerd table. I can't imagine how RJ felt wrapping up this book, knowing he will never be able to finish his story. Oh God. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Um, uh, Quark's Bar, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super uh, We chat. warned you that the song was real, but we can never have prepared you for how real fair. Uh, congrats on finally making it through. Thank you. Thank uh, you. For anyone who would say otherwise, yes, Knife of Daggers is very much part of this log. I think the 
first half. I think the second half is pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah. Corks Bar, thank you so much for that super chat. I, 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 I do agree. There's a, there's some sloggy stuff in Knife of Dreams, but it definitely picks up, and it does. It, it was a much more pleasant read than Crossroads of Twilight. Yeah. Um, um James Smith. Thank you, thank you for thank that super, super chat. chat. Just stopping by to say hi. Stopping by to say hi. Uh, Hello. Hi, well at work. Thank you. Um. Love listening to the show. Wish I could make more of the lives. Stay awesome. Cad Swain is the best. Not really. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you and the mods. <laughs> yes, thank you, mods. You guys, we couldn't uh, couldn't do it without you. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my brain just stopped working. You're good. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> reading. Y'all. Guys, <laughs> I do a book club, and sometimes when I'm reading, that happens. And I just go, nope, nope, no words. And I can't. <laughs> words. <laughs> It, it is it is weird how it happens. Like sometimes I'll be fine and I'm reading a sentence and then I just I suddenly like all of the lines on the page look like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just can't I can't keep going because there's just there's no there's no words in front of me. It happens. I know it's just on video. I'm like mm-hmm. cool. Um yeah no I I was really I was I was waiting for Galena to be like girl come here yeah <laughs> just a little bit of because it seems like it's just a trickle of spirit to light it up. Yeah it seems like it's almost absolutely nothing. It does seem feasible mm-hmm. that Ga- that Magden would have been able to clear Galena of the O's. And I thank God she didn't because fuck Galena. But yeah, that, yeah G- Galena kind of fucked up a little bit. Yeah, and, and unless it is a power thing or unless it's it, it, like maybe Galena didn't think they had enough time for her to convince Magden to channel or, or something like that. Okay. Maybe Galena is just so hates Wilders like and she thinks Magden's a Wilder. Sure. And so she just there's that element. Sure. Of it. But if you were being tortured and held against your will and had no like in, like power to do anything, I think you would take anybody's help just to That's get you out too. of yeah, that. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. Um, and it ends up biting her in the ass. Like, I definitely think that Galena should have, like, kept them around long enough to, to do it because, uh, you know, you can you can sense the ability to channel anyone no matter how small. It just, you have mm-hmm. to be closer or further away. But yeah, I didn't even think about oh, that. Oh, maybe, maybe she doesn't know Megden can channel. No, she would be able to sense it. I said oh, right. I she's can not, sense. Yeah, she's not shielded. Yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 you're right, you're right. I said I can sense, or uh, if you can channel, you can sense other people who channel. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. she'd have to be probably standing right beside Magden, but she does that on several occasions. Yeah. So there's no reason that she wouldn't know. Um, yeah, I just, I, I was like. It's also interesting. I, I don't see the value in running away without the ability to channel to like try and find someone who can channel to help you. Like, I don't really? know where does she think she's, they're in the middle of like. Sanchen yeah. territory are nearby. Like, when are you going to run into a channel or next? I, I just was like, Galena, I don't think you're thinking this through. Also, uh, did we talk about this? Would Galena have recognized more gays? I was upset about this books ago. We nobody recognizes more. Nobody we recognizes the this. Queen of Andor. I mean, like, Galena like, might... Aleander should recognize her. Like, there are so many people who should recognize more gays, and nobody does. Yeah. Not a damn one. Yeah. And it's not like Morgase is plain. Like, it's, she's like, no. looks like a bunch of the other white girls, you know? like I, Nobody recognizes her. Yeah. And it is just one of those things where I'm like, at some point, somebody in this world who, who has definitely met her. Because there's no way Galena and Aleda had never had a meeting in uh, Camelin. It bugs me to the end of the world. <coughs> yeah. Um. Huh. I mean, yeah, I guess... I, I don't know. Um, I just Galena being uh, being a red and Aleda being a red and uh, Morgase being at the tower at some point. And I feel like Galena like might have recognized her, but I guess not. I guess not at all. So all right. Yeah, I just I think that it's like okay. Morgase and Aleandra had never met. That, that's but why they're well, like 
queens of neighboring kingdoms. Alandra is like young Queen though, does? right? Like Alandra might not have met Morghese yet. I know. One of the things I find weird about the Wheel of Time though is it posits a world in which none of the nobles travel to see each other. Like mm. all of the nobles are like one of and and the Elaine storyline brings this up too, mm-hmm. where Elaine is like meeting all of these nobles from the kingdom she grew up in, and I'm like, these people would know each other. They would travel. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. it's a month's travel, but like they would travel for coronations and feasts. Like n- none of these characters have ever met. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Alejandro one. Even I within can buy, Andor, <laughs> but it is it. Yeah, it is weird that a lot of them have never met one another. You know, even Elaine is like, I think I met that guy, like, once when he was, like, a baby, but... I don't mind that, like, yeah. Aleandra doesn't recognize Morghese, right? Mm-hmm. What 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 weirds me out is that nobody does. Yeah. And, and that, like, Elaine doesn't know the people of her kingdom. And, like, th- there are... Hmm? Uh, see, Sarmi says, a queen cannot leave her country. No way she would be able to meet other royalty. That just doesn't happen. What? That well, that, no. no, that's not true. <laughs> They're like that's that's how like <laughs> like you that that's how like uh, treaties are made. That's and, how people get married. Well, yeah, there's that. Like know? literally, like the 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 Tracand Elaine Tracand is literally able to be queen of two countries because of intercountry marriages. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no yeah. King King Charles is currently in Canada. Like it happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think that, like, the the weird, the world in Wheel of Time has this weird element of, like, nobles have this weird, no, noble people keep meeting each other for the first time mm-hmm. in every country. That it feels like, they're, like, what was their function of their economy beforehand? Were, was state visits just never a thing? I guess they just send their, like, underlings to do it for them, but... I, I don't know. Somebody could take that as disrespectful. And it's a mild complaint, right? It is the mildest of complaints. It is just one of those things about the Wheel of Time that keeps coming up in a weird way for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. Galena should have had Magden channel, but didn't. Trapped them in a house. Left them there to die. And Magden uh, starts using the power to f- play with the little flag thing on top. <clears throat> yeah. This is Fayil's best moment in the book so far to me. Yeah. Fayil, yeah. Fayil like... The, the way she is pushing Megden, Morghese, to channel, mm-hmm. while also not being rude about it. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of forcefulness in the women of the Wheel of Time. Yes. And this was one of those moments where I felt like Morghese was really coaxed into succeeding in a, a comforting way by Fayil. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I, I Like, in terms of Fayil as a character, this is my favorite moment for her of the entire series so far. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, Fa'il is 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 a great like noble woman. She's she's like, she is firm where she needs to be. She is uh, understanding where she needs to be, mm-hmm. but she yeah. also doesn't take any bullshit. And like I, I I while I don't like Fa'il and Perrin's relationship personally, um, putting that aside, this especially makes Fa'il a really interesting character to me. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that Fa'il uh, isn't. So difficult when we get back to Perrin. Like she's she's she can be the worst to him, in a way that's hard to read sometimes, yeah. uh, especially with the Berlin stuff. Yeah. Um. And I I just I hope that we're done with that, because this version of Fael I like quite a bit more. Yeah, yeah. She's not just a noble who has underlings to serve her. She understands what it means to be to be the leader of them and to take care of them as mm-hmm. well as them to take care of her and that it goes both ways 
And because of that, I, ha I have a lot of respect for her in this chapter. Yeah, I, I, this chapter was great. I, I think that um, other than, like, I was hoping Galena would be more of... I, I was hoping Galena would come across a little bit smarter. Um, I think Galena's just fucking frantic, and I don't know, maybe she wasn't thinking clearly, but yeah, she done fucked up. Yeah, she just had so much time to plan she this, and I feel off. like her plan sucked. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the plan to trap them works, but her plan to escape without her powers, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I love it, but I did really enjoy Fael in this, and um, yeah. uh, Megden, like, getting... Uh, giving more gays this moment um, was Hell really yeah. cool. Hell yeah. <clears throat> uh, we uh, do cut quickly over to Galena's point of view as she leaves the town. Um, and uh, she uh, hears wolves. Yeah. Don't I know what that means. I wonder what that could possibly mean. I have <clears throat> no idea. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine. <clears throat> God, I am... Yeah, I'm like... I wonder if it's the weather being all funky, but I'm like... <sighs> yeah, I woke up a little bit today. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Podcast uh, listeners. We're just making weird. I'll try and not cough right into the mic. <laughs> uh, let's start uh, moving on to chapter 29, The Last Knot. Uh, don't Google this on certain sites because that is. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyways, uh, Perrin. Uh, Perrin's chilling. He's like, today's he is, the day. He is not chilling. He's, yeah, he's, he's decidedly like, today's not chilling. Day. Today's the day. Let's go. Let's go. Perrin is hyped up. <laughs> That's true. He's like shaking in his boots. We're not like, he's chilling. scared. But... Perrin is literally vibrating. He's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that there's arrows. I'm going in first. Like, Perrin is running ahead of the army. He's like, I'm going to do it by myself. Everybody stay back. This is my fight. And he's marching into town. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, before we get into that, Perrin has sent for Tom. Or Tam. Tam. Uh, yeah, Tam shows up. I was like, what? And Perrin is like, Tam, did you read the battle plan? And Tam's like, yep. And yes. Perrin's like, all right, everybody. I know you've never met this man, but he's in charge now. My favorite and part Tam's like, oh, right now? Great. <laughs> My favorite part is that he asks, hey, I brought you here for the battle. Did you read the battle plan? No. No, I didn't fucking read it. Like, <laughs> Tam is like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just imagined all these people being like, I'm sorry, who... Uh, who's, who's Tam? This guy? I mean, oh, he he was he's a farmer from my hometown. The two rivers people know who he is. It's fine, it's fine. I, I know, but, I just I was like, you couldn't have brought him up like a week earlier? No, apparently. They've been fighting this not. for a while. Why didn't you send for him a while ago? Nah. But Tam literally like got out of bed that morning and Ashaman walked in and was like, hey, do you want to go to war today? And Tam was like, I, I let me let put me, my boots on. Let me check sure. my calendar. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and like, look, if I'm going into war, I want Tam Thor there. I'm not digging on that. Absolutely. I just think it's hilarious that it's the like it's like in the moment of. Yeah, no, it's great. He walks up and then they fight. Like, like there's no time between us. Like, like all right. What did what did Tam Thor think his day was gonna look like when he woke up that morning? I don't know. He's probably he was probably gonna like, like shoot some rabbits. Yeah, yeah. I fucking whittle some wood. I don't know. And, <laughs> and instead, he's, uh, he's... I wish we could have had that scene. To I yeah. wish we could have been with the Ashaman who, like, goes to the two rivers and everyone's just chilling. Tam's, like, a little bit, like, has, like, a morning beer. He's a little drunk, like, I'm sorry, you want me to do what today? Uh, quite literally woke up and chose violence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great, it's great. So Tam shows up, which means you know shit's gonna go down. Um, and boy, does it. And and it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some <clears throat> fog to set the mood. It's a good time. Uh, the the uh, Sulin uh, goes ahead and kills the Shido sentries. 
so that they don't know it's coming, which I think is very cool. Sulin. Um, and uh, the Damane, the Domain, I don't know how to pronounce that word anymore, y'all. The Domini. The Domini, the Domino's pizzas are in the woods, uh, and they're going to stay there because as long as they got line of sight, they can just... I started blasting. Um, And so we... Oh, God. We get... um. The, the, like, preparation of the battle. Yep. And uh, the, the Sanchen are ready. Everybody's ready. Uh, and Tam is like, all right, let's do this. Uh, Masima rides over and is like, I'm going to be with you, Perrin. And Perrin is like, God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Literally, that's what he says in his brain verbatim. There's, like, 14 U's in that one. Uh, uh, Christian, Christian Rapper says... Um, uh, Tam, uh, or, uh, Tam is a Gary Stew, but he is still the man. I don't Gary think of him as a Gary Stew. Stew. Here's the thing. He doesn't, like, go, go around being perfect at everything that he does because he's not really in the book much. He just is a, like, former, like, war general. But but the, the thing about the Mary Sue argument is that it's it's a character... Like, I would argue a lot of our main characters are Mary Sues. Yeah, you could make that argument. In fact, I would argue almost all of them are because none of them ever train at anything, but they're the best at everything. That's not true. Ran, <clears throat> tra- Ran trains very hard at sword fighting. Sure, um, sure, sure. But, but like, he also has a magical voice in his head that gives him the greatest magic powers on the planet. And really good sex tips. Right. Like, That's like canon. Elaine can... Uh, uh, Avienda touches a Tarangriol and is like, oh, I can just tell you what every Tarangriol does immediately without really trying that hard. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would argue those characters have more of the, the argumentative Mary Sue qualities, whereas Tam El Thor is like, this man went to war for 20 years and is as experienced a wartime person as you could possibly be. Yeah. I don't think that that character is a Mary Sue because the explanation for why he's good at everything is... Oh no, he like did it. And it's not and like And he trained and was a he's a Heronmark blade master. Yeah, it's not like Tam shows up and is like, actually, I'm an Ashman now and starts blasting <laughs> yeah, fireballs, yeah. right? Like that would be that would be incredible. As opposed uh, to someone like Elaine who's like, oh, I like figured out how to make tar grills yesterday, and you're like, oh, great. Oh, cool. me, who me? I'm just gonna pick apart this weave and create a nuclear bomb. <laughs> like, oh, Egwene, goddamn. Egwene accidentally starts making Quendalar. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. like, oh, I guess this is going to be important to the plot. Yeah. Like, if Which, anyone is a Mary Sue, it's not Tam. And, you know, the the, the book has, like, this Tavirian idea. And so it's, you know, it doesn't feel, it feels like it is part of it. But, yeah, there's there's a lot in the, in these books for our characters who could be classified as, like, Mary Sue, Gary Stu type type characters. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Cease Army says, list a single negative quality Tam has. Uh, he's not a main enough character, and so the, we only see Tam through the point of view of... Of the people who respect him. Well, and of the boys who grew up with him being their dad figure. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that you're... It's not that Tam doesn't have negative qualities. It's that the point of view through which we see Tam is as a pretty decent father who was there for these boys growing up, and so they look up to him in a way that... You could also say his lies are a flaw. He didn't tell Rand the truth about... How he That's how true. he got him? Yeah, he 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 misread his son. Yeah, yeah. misled his son. Yeah, I, it's which is you know that's a debatable that's debatably negative. Mm-hmm. But eh, you know. But yeah, I would argue he's not really there. We don't we don't know enough about his. I don't know anything about his personality. We only see him as through the eyes of the boys who revere him. Also, Mary Sue. No, <clears throat> we 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 like Mary Sue. You're fine. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I like Mary Sue. I I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Mary Sue's, and I think that that is why this franchise doesn't. 
isn't my favorite, right? Right. Like, sure. I, and I, I that's, I'm not saying that Wheel of Time is bad. It's not my favorite series I've ever read. In part because I feel like some of the um, growth of the characters comes from plot convenience rather than effort on so their part, in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or failure, right? <laughs> and 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 we've talked about this a lot. Like, I like watching characters grow from failure. Mm-hmm. And in a series where there isn't a lot of failure to be had on our characters' part. They, they kind of grow from leveling up rather than grow from life experience. Yeah, they're also, like, good at, like, the actions that they want to do, even though they're all kind of fucking terrible, like, communicators. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the everyone just is terrible at communicating, and that's everyone's, like, flaw. Me, Monk, Gathering Storm Hype, top <laughs> two book in the series for me. We're excited to get to it. Yes, thank you so much for the it's super chat. It's weird that it's a month away before we start it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So for those of you who don't know, obviously we're going to be at Star Wars Celebration next week, so book club is going to be for Jedi Battle Scars. Then the following week, we're doing the full book recap for Knife of Dreams, and then the week after that, we're going to be at Jordan Con, which we want to do something there. Um, If you have any ideas for that, let us know. I was like, maybe we'll do like a character tier list while we're there. But then I realized that might really upset people. So. Jordan Kohler says, did she break her neck or something? Or is that part of the blouse? Did I It's a, there's a word that you, you might want to know. It's called a turtleneck. I know, but because of this V, I get it. It's No, funny. it's cute. I like it. Um, yes. I, I own, like, mm-hmm. mostly turtlenecks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oops. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're just channeling Matt today. Trying yeah. To trying to, I got, I tried, someone <clears throat> tried to hang me once. Bad time for them. Um, yeah, I, I think that, like, I think that the, the term Mary Sue is often misused in media a lot. Well, um, yeah. But, uh, I, I do think that there, there, you could make some of that argument in Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, it's you know it's, it's not my favorite thing right mm-hmm. and so I and I I feel like I've said enough about that in the last four hundred hours we've talked about this yeah book yeah series. you're fine you're fine um so we cut back to Fayil uh in the um lead up to the big fight uh and uh, Megan is like nearly out of it <laughs> Megan uh I, I know I know I can't I know. read my own notes um and so uh they hear voices and suddenly uh there are people there it's gonna work out. Yeah, uh, uh, pr- pretty much. Yeah, Feral uh, shows up. Yeah, that little boy saw them die, started <clears> crying, <throat> and then noticed the flag waving around and was like, oh, maybe they're not dead. And <laughs> then uh, guess who else shows up? Everybody's Everyone's favorite, favorite boy. sexual assaulter. Uh, Roland shows up and is like, get out of the way. We're going to dig you out. And yeah. so it looks like Fail is, uh, is going to be able to participate in the fight, maybe. Well, <laughs> um... <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we cut back to Perrin, and we have one of uh, the moments in the chapter where I got fucking confused as fuck. Why? Because Galene and Perrin are having a conversation about Masima, and I was like, "How the fuck did Galena get to Perrin?" <laughs> right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was staring at the page, and I was like, "Wait!" And then I went back and reread the Galena point of view because I was like, "What?" Sh- she didn't get to Perrin. So then I went back to this chapter and I was like, oh my God, I'm dyslexic. That says Galene, yes. who apparently is a different character. And I do not know who that is. I don't really know who that is either. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, uh-huh. In the House of Commons. Um, so Galene, who is not Galena, uh, but is also in this plot line for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate the names so much. Um <laughs> They make me chuckle. <laughs> He's like, we should probably just kill Masima now. And I was like, that'd be a good idea. 
Um, Probably a good idea, yeah. It wouldn't be a lot of narrative payoff for how much time has been put into Misima. Yeah. Because the Misima storyline goes back to the Great Hunt. Yeah, but uh, he needs how to die. How fucking crazy is that? I know. I know. I'm like, what the fuck happened to this dude? He lost it. Um, well, he's insane. Uh, yeah, literally. I just can't believe, like, Misima's been in the background of this whole series. Yeah. And has, like, not really done anything, mm-hmm. really, except kind of convert Aram into a fucking red-pilled, like... Oh, my God, Incel, yeah. <laughs> Poor Aram. Aram. Aram has gone, like, full Andrew Tate cult fan. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's it's really sad. You know Aram is t- in the background being, like, the females, man. <laughs> ah, Except Fail. females. Except Fail. Although, if, if, if Fail told him off, he'd be like, fucking bitch, I didn't think you were hot anyways, you're so ugly. <laughs> That is Arm in this series. Uh, but yeah, the Shido, they come to attack. There's like 400 of them. And then they get absolutely decimated. Um, and so there's just more and more Shido running out of the camp. And they just keep they just keep dying. Yeah. They just... They, because they what the fuck can they do? Absolutely ruin the Shido. Um, which, was, which was great. Only like 100 casualties. So like, not bad, not bad. So Perrin is like, well, if the, if the domain are just going to fucking do it, I'm uh-huh. just going to run in. And yeah. so uh, everyone is slowly advancing, and Perrin is like, Fail, Fail, I gotta get to her. And so he just starts running. He just runs in. And everyone else is like, Um, okay, bye. Yeah. And so he runs in and he just starts killing people. And uh, he does a really good job of it because he is young wolf. No, no. Young bull. Young bull. Among, um, among the wolves. And the, we didn't even see the wolves, which was very disappointing. That's always my favorite part, is when the wolves show up, but we didn't actually get to see them. Yeah, but they didn't all die also, which is nice, because your least favorite part is when the wolves get killed. That's fair. <laughs> uh, chapter 30, outside the gate, uh, this is basically just the continuing battle. Um, we cut back to Fail, who uh, is being uh, sexually harassed, uh, and, or sexually assaulted, uh, and then all, so all the- So is every other woman. All the other women get sexually assaulted, because this plotline can't end without the women facing one final indignity. Yeah, um, uh, of course not. Because, the, great. Cool. Roland, you know what's a great way to get a woman to sleep with you? Assault her friends in front of her. Yeah. That's going to work. Yeah, it's really, really good. Real, real de- de- 10 out of 10 dentists recommend. Um, Like, what the fuck? Robert uh, Jordan, why? Like, yeah. I, I'm like, and this is one of those things where, like, the, the beginning of this fight is so good. And I'm like, oh, Perrin's running in. There's fireballs. There's explosions. There's lightning. There's this giant battle happening. And Robert Jordan is like... And now we cut to mm-hmm. Roland sexually assaults five women in a row for four, four pages because that's what the audience wants right now. Yeah. And I'm, I, was, I was just like, you're like, this massive battle just started. I'm in that moment with you. And this is where, when at the beginning of this episode where I was like, I was equal parts satisfied and frustrated. Yeah. I was so into the fight. Yeah. Right? I was so into it. And then it cuts to this and I like we literally cut away from a fight to just read about Roland groping women. Yeah. And I was like, why is this here? I don't give a I shit. I don't care. And I, I like we've I get it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just like this, like, instead of allowing Fayil and her people to be a part of their own rescue, mm-hmm. so that they're not just damsels, so that they're actively a part of it, instead the narrative choice is to have them face this again yeah, yeah. while they are not helping with the rescue, while they are just yeah. damsels. Yeah. And I I found that really frustrating. Yeah, I was like, this is so unnecessary. It did not need to be there. It, it, it counts for nothing. Because then Roland dies a few pages later, and you're like, okay, well, I guess 
fuck him, you know. I guess we're you know, <laughs> eh, whatever. He just he just he just gets killed. Bye, Rollin. It's like okay. Marisu says it's supposed to be cutesy sexual assault. Oh my bad, sorry. <laughs> but but, that, but that's the thing, right? It's like yeah, I'm like oh god, like. It, you just you have this moment where like you've you've built the tension to this massive fight and like I'm on board and it's not like it's not that it's bad writing it's just this very it you know like it's the Star Wars thing of like Star Wars movies always end with this big battle where you cut between three locations with sexual assault sprinkled no 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 but but hear me out right imagine if we're like Anakin's taking down the droid thing in space in Uh Phantom Menace and then we cut over the Gungans and Boss Nass is sexually assaulting Padme Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Like, that would be the equivalent. It would be fucking weird, and it would take you out of the moment of the big space battle, because you're like, wait, why am I watching Boss Nass grope Padme? This is so strange. Yeah, 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 yeah And, and yeah. that's what it does here, and I yeah. was just like, like, like the why? tension of the battle was cut for me because it feels like there's a joke here. Yeah. And there shouldn't be a joke. First of all, I don't think sexual assault should be a joke, but also, like, this isn't the place for it. Yeah, yeah, it was so strange. It, like, it was so weird. I'm like, I, I don't, I just don't know why it was necessary to include in the section. Christian Rapper says, Roland could have just let them die, or he could save them without <laughs> groping them. I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. There, 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 there's things in between those. Yeah. Like, it's not one or the other. Like, like, Roland is, like, obviously, like, not a good person. Like, we, you, you Oh, know. no, he's a bad person. But, I like, just... we already know that. Yeah. We, are, we already know. And so... <laughs> Rather than rather than just stick with the fight or, yeah. or, or allow Fayil to get pulled out and like charge from the rear, right? And be a part of her own thing. Yeah. It it it's Perrin is fighting and Fayil is standing there getting drunk. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. It was like a weird like couple pages and I was like, I don't know why this is here, but uh It just cut the tension for of the fight for me. And yeah. I thought the beginning of the fight, like Tam shows up. Like I, I was just so on board. We were like, yeah. Oh, oh, no, we gotta go back up again. So, yeah. I just yeah. think it's, it, it, I just, yeah, I think that it, it undercut the scene and the writing in, in a, a unfortunate way because the rest of it is really great. And Bryce says, uh, uh, yeah, and Fayil feels weirdly jealous about it. Yes. Yeah, that was very Fayil being jealous that he gropes the other women that in a way they don't want, don't like it. Nancy, I don't like it. Nancy, go, roll, <laughs> Roland is a bad person because he's only saving Fayil from being raped by men so that he can have sex with her. And I, I just can't see that as a good trait in a human being. So I, I think Roland is a bad person. Ro- I don't know that he's a bad person. I think that his whole personality is wanting to fuck Fayil. But like also Roland, he's part Roland, of the Shido and is going around just murdering people. Like No, he's he's part of the brotherless. He's not Shido. Well, and that, yeah, that, but, but that's he's important following distinction. them. Because like, he... Because, uh, he has a change of heart, but he goes there initially. He participates in all of it. Oh, I agree with that. I just mean that, like, I, I think that Roland is... Roland is... A fuckboy. <laughs> and that's it, right? Like, yeah. Roland... Roland the reason why I can't say that Roland is a bad person is because I don't know anything else about him. The only thing we know about him is that he's super into Fayil. Yeah. Right? And, like... It's it, it, in a weird way, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, like you're kind of pathetic, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Ro- and he is. And I think that if if you feel like you only want to save a woman's life because you want to, you save can her? get laid. Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I actually do think he's a bad person, right? I know you're right. 
I can't defend Thank it. You. Right? If you <laughs> if you only view women as <clears throat> sexual opportunity, yeah, and your interactions with them are all based on your desire to be with them, and I think a lot of men view women that way. Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think that that's how you get the like cults of Andrew Tate or like the Sneeko or Adam 22 saying that he like doesn't like eating out women. And I'm like, what are you it's talking about? Very are unfortunate you? for you. Like, have you tried men? G- give it a shot. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like you have all of these like fucking like incel boys who are following these men because they, they are attractive and have money and have sex with hot women Mm. but who don't have stable relationships and they're listening to those men be like well i don't go down on women but my woman better go down on me and like that's who roland is right like roland is just (laughs) like that kind of like oh no no no, no. i'm i don't eat pussy and i'm over here like okay yeah are you are you (laughs) asexual like and then roland not that there's anything wrong with being asexual but like if you say that you're attracted to women but you don't go down on women i don't know what to tell you like that's fucking weird to me (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and then and then he dies. So it, yeah, it, and then Para walks up matter. and smashes his head in, even though doesn't even know he's who he is. <laughs> not a threat. <laughs> I know. Like I mean, to be fair, he has he's like grabbing Fayil and kind of like pulling her along, so that might be perceived as like a threat. Sure, but, but he does not have a weapon out at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is he he is holding Fayil, and uh, unless I misread it, he doesn't have a weapon in his hand. Is he even veiled? I'm not. I don't think he's even veiled. I'm not 100% and so Perrin sure. just walks up to this guy who, because he's holding onto Fael and smashes his head in. Yeah. But we're not there yet. Sorry, we're not. We're not you're, there yet. You're right. There's a big yet. thing that happens first. Um, is it though? <laughs> uh, he is veiled. Okay, thank you. I was like, I'm actually not 100 sure. He is veiled. Okay, well then I take that back. Yeah, yeah. That that is threatening. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um. So um. Let's get into Perrin, because uh, Perrin and Aram. Running into Shido camps, they're fighting together. They're Batman and Robining their way through, except with murder, because um, everyone knows Batman doesn't kill, except when he does, all which the times is every time. <laughs> except whenever he does anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, suddenly, uh, Aram just starts trying to kill Perrin because Masima convinced Aram that Perrin is Shadow Spawn. Yeah, he's like, off screen. Yeah. Aram has been with Perrin for twice the amount of time he has been with Masima, and he's like, nah, Fael's really hot, but this guy convinced me that you're evil, and I'm just gonna listen to this motherfucker. Um, yeah. Like, he, yeah, Masima, like, social media influenced Aram so hard into an incel, and it was very sad to see, and then he just dies. Mm-hmm. He, like, Aram has a prophecy about him, he's been around for books, and but he's been since book one, and he just dies. I found this... Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. The build-up to the Aram storyline, for it to be he just got mad in the middle of a fight, tried to kill Perrin, and then Perrin didn't even have to kill him. The Shido do it for him. I know. Like, what was, what was the fucking point of all of this? No point. The no, Tinker no with the Sword was supposed to be this, like, huge thing. Yeah. And, like, it just it goes felt... nowhere. It was like Robert Jordan was like, shit, I put this character in. I don't like him. I don't know what to do about this. We're just going to kill him. I know. And, like, I... I... Uh, sorry, Josh, welcome back to the Nerds. Josh Imco, thank you for joining the Nerds again. Shorzy from Letterkenny. Still got to watch Letterkenny. But uh, thank you. Thanks for that. I wish I'd booked that part. And next time. Next, next time. time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just... Th- this was one of those things where I was like... 
this and this goes into the half satisfying, half frustrating that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, right? Yeah. Where like the Perrin war stuff in this chapter, so good. Yeah. Right. So good. The beginning of the Aram Perrin fight, so good. Mm -hmm. But Perrin isn't forced to reckon with it mm -hmm. because. Aram is just pulled away by Shido and killed. Mm -hmm. Like, Perrin doesn't have to actively end this plotline that he's... So he's not even responsible for it. Yeah. Because the Shido kill him. And so I was just... I read this and I was like, well, fuck. Like, what? Wh why? Yeah. If Perrin had, like, maybe, like, almost died to Aram or something like that. Like, if Perrin had been, like, grievously wounded because Aram actually, ha like, got a shot at him. Yeah. So anything like that. It didn't doesn't need to be longer. Either, like... I don't know, make the stakes of this moment higher or ha don't have as much arm stuff in it earlier. He's well, not important. Or have Perrin win the fight, uh -huh. be standing over Aram, and be looking down at him and have the moment to and have be Give like him the moment of I, he smelled he smelled the same madness on him that he smelled on Masima. Yeah. And in that moment he knew that if he let Aram go, it would only bring more death. And yet yeah. he couldn't do it. He So he like swings down, breaks his hand or something with the hammer rather than kill him, right? Yeah. So that you pay off the moment with the axe earlier, have him walk away, turn around and realize the Shido got Aram and are after him now, right? Then you can have it a little bit both ways like this moment wants to have, but yeah. you take a beat with Perrin where Perrin has to make a choice. Yeah. All Perrin does in the sequence is react to what Aram is doing or, and then the Shido end it without Perrin having to actively do anything. Yeah, or have Aram join Masima. Yeah. And be the linchpin for the Masima plotline somehow, mm -hmm. which I don't even really know how that's going to go down. But yeah, this one was just so glazed over. They like moved on and I was like, oh, oh, okay. There was just, there was a point where I felt like we were reading Tinker with a Sword every like six pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. for it to have culminated in a, a character who became so devout that he became too devout and then he just died and it didn't really matter. Like, like, he goes out with the same amount of reverence, narrative-wise, as Ro uh, Roland does. Those yeah. two characters go out about the same way, yeah, with about like, as oh. much impact on the global narrative. Right. The difference is that we met Aram in book one. I know. Like, this character has been here for 11 books. I know, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't, yeah. Yeah. It was weirdly unsatisfying. And the Roland stuff, that I don't really care about. Roland is a nobody. Mm -hmm. Aram is a character with literal prophecies about him since book one. Like, he's he's not a main character, but he's, like, he, he is, like, a through line through a lot of this story. Yeah. And it was just, just snip snap. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then... Bad. Uh, Perrin, uh, keeps running and, mm -hmm. uh, sees Fayil, uh, and Roland has started to pull Fayil because Roland's going to run away with her, uh, kidnap her and not really give her much choice in the matter because, um, that's what characters in the Wheel of Time do yep. to women and, uh, Matt. And so, uh, Perrin walks up and, uh, just fucking... <laughs> just marks just, him. Just takes him out. Yeah, no, yeah. no fight. I thought Roland was going to put up a fight, but he just takes it on the chin and he's gone my favorite part about this is Perrin never even learns his name. Nope. Like, because it, nope. it, we see this from Perrin's point of view, so it's not even like Roland dies. It's no. a, a, some random some fucking Some random fucking Aiel dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Lucille <laughs> stabs the other um, yeah. one, which uh, I, I was happy with. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I, I feel like the women, I, I, I was hoping that these women, considering what they went through in the camp, were going to be a little bit more active in the moments of their rescue. 
I was hoping for that. I was hoping that like the there there would be a lot more value um, given to Fail in this fight. Uh, instead, they're kind of just they they get out of a house uh, while the fight is happening, which is which is fine. I think it's we get a, the good leader moment, which yeah. like is 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 really awesome. And we get my favorite Fail moment. Um, uh, but uh, Lucille getting to kill one of the the these Ayil who are kind of not great people um, was worth it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the explosions uh, stop. Uh, everyone gets reunited, yeah. and they win with less than a uh, hundred casualties. And Gaul runs off to find Chiet, but we don't know if he finds her. No, that we was don't. the dangling thread in the end of this book that I was like, "How <laughs> fucking dare you?" I need to let know. Perrin get his moment with Fayil, but we don't get to see Gaul find Chiet. Robert Jordan, you f- fucked up. Rude. Rude. I wanted. This is the love story I need. I wanted Chad and Gal so bad, and then I wanted Bane to show up and be like, "If you're marrying her, you're marrying me." And the book just end with Ch- Bane, um, Gal just on his knees to the heavens, like, "No!" Uh, yeah, he's like, "I don't give a shit about <clears> her," <throat> but the Chad, you know. Mm. Uh, Turbox says, "Was this RJ killing off character quickly that he had poor feedback on? If it's that, why would he have the groping moment beforehand? Right? Like, why would you lean into what the criticism of this character is before killing them off?" Oh, yeah, it just, like, just didn't matter. Uh, Trevok, thank you for that super chat. Honestly, the Roland, the whole Roland dying, I, I didn't really, like, that was like, yeah, whatever. Um, it's more the arm stuff that I thought did not pay off very well. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, they win. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. So. Yeah. That's uh, that. c says, ah, oh, they were active in that last part, literally having to kill the group of people who were rescuing them in that moment. The betrayal in the brotherless eyes and grief in her scent you didn't notice. Um, I noticed it, but it, it wasn't... Robert Jordan didn't spend time talking about that. He spent time talking about the groping. And then the... the like, he spends, like, four pages describing them being groped by Roland and gives, like, a half a paragraph to what is going on with Fail and those people, right? Yeah. And I, I think that I would have waited it the other way, personally. Yeah, um, yeah, I would have put more into that. It would yeah. have kept would have kept ramping up the 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 tension for for this section, um, as opposed to deflating it a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so, uh, all right, let's. Kylie shows up. Uh, yeah, Tylee's there. Yeah, she um, says, hey, we took 200 slaves. Thanks for that. Yeah. Which, okay, on one hand, I'm like, that's that's terrible. But also, the Shido wise ones are also fucking terrible. So it's like terrible things happening to terrible people. I would posit that I don't support slavery of anybody, no matter how bad you are. No, but it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I like, definitely not like sad about it. I'm like, is that the right choice? As are like, who who is to say that this like punishment fits the crime? Fuck if I know. Probably not. Like, they're the 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 way that the Sanchin treats channelers is fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. But they're also shitty people, and I was kind of like, okay. I... Well, Perrin just traded away 200 people for um. Fail. So, parents happy, at least for the moment. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, it is very complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah. I think that I. I think that I look. I understand why it happens for the story. Yeah. Where, otherwise, where do those women go? Right. I, I understand that. Yeah. 
I just wish that Perrin felt something about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that what I feel conflicted about is that Perrin kind of glosses over it as if, oh, no, it's fine because I have Fayol back. And that's the part of it that I feel weird about. Yeah. Because everyone is, I feel like our characters are just getting overly connected to, um, our, our, our characters are getting overly, like, comfortable with the concept of working with the Sanchen. Yeah, I wish, like, look, I think that I think that there's going to be some stuff to talk about later mm-hmm. on in how Perrin feels about this, but I wish we had had just a teeny bit more time with his feelings and his point of view at the end of all this. Yes. So that I had a better idea of how he feels going into the next book to set it up. Well, but that goes back to a lot of what we've been talking about throughout all of these novels is that Robert Jordan doesn't really write resolution. Like, if, you, if you've ever studied, like, story structure, um, the basic story structure is, like, up, down, up, midpoint is the lowest, and then rise, 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 climax, and then the end of the book is resolution. Yes. Robert Jordan does a lot of the first stuff um, without a lot of the lows. He does, like, ups and, like, mids. Mm-hmm. And then he concludes very suddenly. Like, rather than build the conclusions, they just kind of happen. Mm-hmm. And then the book just ends. Yeah. Like the narrative, or, or or like that point of view just ends. Yeah, I wish we rather had a than tale having to keep any resolution afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's a, that's part of where the like, uh, where we because we've been talking about like what is a satisfactory end to a four book arc, mm. and I think the fact that these books have so little resolution after the actual fight, mm-hmm. and are so much just like oh, the fight happens and it ends. Yeah. That I, yeah. That, that it feels unsatisfactory because we don't really know how anyone feels afterwards. Yeah, I feel like Robert, Elaine, Robert Jordan just needs to take like 15% of the buildup and put that 15% after. In, in the aftermath. Yeah. Um, just, to, just to keep, just, just to, to really feel like we a, have a bit of a resolution, but it like, but like we, we know how our characters feel about what just happened. Yeah. Um, Glenn Peterson, mm-hmm. thank you so much for that super chat. RJ was facing a lot of criticism at the time for unrealistic battle scenes in the slog, so he let Arm die to random battle fog by losing focus. I don't find any of his battle scenes unrealistic. Is that weird? I don't either. I think that's one of our highest criticisms of Robert Jordan, is that like the battle scenes are our the highest best. criticisms? Sorry. Oh, 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 oh like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it like what we like best. Yeah, I I, I don't um, I don't find them unrealistic. I don't always love the way they play out, but that's, like, my personal choice on, like, subjective side of it. Mm -hmm. But, like, objectively, I I, I find the battle sequences to frequently be very realistic. That's interesting that people face that, that he faced that kind of criticism. Because I find, and we've said this from the beginning, like, the way he writes battle is incredibly interesting to read. Yeah, Even if I don't always choose what he focuses on in those battles... I don't ever have a problem with the battles themselves. I sometimes have a problem with the point of view he chooses in those battles. Right. Like okay. like we talked about with them earlier in the book with Elaine, focusing on Elaine not being a part of the fight and just watching it was a weird choice for me because there were, Birgit was in the middle of the fight and her point of view might have been more interesting. Yeah. Rather than reading about what it's like to be pregnant and watch someone fight. Um, yeah. And, and so I think there are times where like the point of view isn't my favorite, but I, I've never found the battle sequences to be bad or like poor like maybe poorly thought out maybe it's because no main character ever like dies or i agree with that and so we'll talk about that Robert Jordan was like, a lot. oh iron is a main character kind of so just kill him yeah i don't know i yeah yeah 
Pretty much all the guys get good guys get through every time. Yeah, that is fair. Um, oh, look, guys, I said it. We're going to talk about that at the end of podcast today. I want to get through everything first because I think people are going to be upset by what I have to say about it. Mm-hmm. But I we're going to get there. Um, let's keep going here, though, because we cut to uh, Galena's point of view. And Galena is um, in the woods, le- the leaving, woods. Um, and then she's found. And Tharava's like, all right, we're going back to the Aiel. Uh, we're going back to the threefold Galena, land. Galena, give me the rod. Uh, You're never allowed to touch it again. There are hundreds of Shido who are still with Galena, or with Tharava. Yeah. And I, I fucking... Hope they never, hope they never come, come back, back except, again. Except, except if I they never up, want to fucking hear the word Shido for the rest of these goddamn books. Okay, unless they show up to Tarman Gaiden and are like, hey, we're here to help. That's it. Uh, no. That's the only time. No. Just le- let them go back to the threefold land and live in the fucking desert. They were never heard from again. Uh, when, when, oh my God, when it was like, we have hundreds of Shido and we're ready to go, I was like, <laughs> no, stop this. Please. Yeah. These these fucking Shido have been defeated so many goddamn times. <laughs> and I was like fine with the end of the parent stuff. And when it cut to Galena and the Shido were still alive, I was like they cannot keep coming back. Yeah, no. I don't I don't think they will. I don't think they will unless it's Tarman Gaiden. I want like, the Shido to, I, I just want next chapter, the first chapter, Gathering Storm, the sea folk are sitting at a table and someone bursts in and is like, oh my God, you guys, all the Shido killed themselves. <laughs> and I would be like, Thank, we dead. never have to deal with this goddamn remnant of a remnant of a remnant of a remnant Here's of a plot line ever again. Here's the thing. I want, I want uh, like uh, 500 years after Tarman Gaiden, I want the Shido to not be involved at all. And the Shido have swung back to the way of the leaf. So they've come like full circle to full circle sure. again. In the epilogue. In the epilogue, yeah, yeah. we can talk about how the Shido have gone to the way of the leaf would be fine. But if they take another town and we have to read another fucking book about <laughs> fighting the Shido. It. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just am like, I'm so done. I hate it. Uh, they have been yeah, yeah. split up and killed off by literally everybody. I think this is the end. They never, the Shido never successfully did a fucking thing in this entire series. I mean, they successfully took like a hundred thousand people. Oh, no, no. From like, from, yeah, yeah. they they, they took like random people who we don't know. But Mm. every single time the Shido fought our main characters, the Shido got their asses handed to them. Yeah. Every and granted, everybody loses to our main characters every time. Our, our main characters never lose. Mm-hmm. So like, it's it's hard to like judge the Shido by that because also the Forsaken fucking suck at fighting our main characters. Mm-hmm. No, nobody is ever successful except in like our team in this series. And so maybe I'm judging them too harshly because like all of the villains are kind of terrible. But I, if the Shido come back one more fucking time, I am burning the books. Wow. I'm going full Republican and I'm banning books from school. Wow. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, moving on from that. Anyways, uh, Galena. Fuck Galena. She's a terrible person. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about her. I hope she, ne- I hope she never comes back and we never hear from her ever again. Bye. Next chapter. Yeah. <clears throat> um, a House on Full Moon Street. Chapter 31, Knife of Dreams. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Elaine, uh, does a bunch of dumb shit. And I. <laughs> I don't agree. Okay. I don't agree. I do think that, like... I, li- I like Elaine here. I want to be clear. I like this chapter a lot. I think it's... In- I, this is maybe my favorite chapter of the reading this week. Yeah. But also, like, come on. You guys... You walked into the Dark One's house. 
Well, they thought that there were three people there, right? Sure. And it was, uh, it was she. She saw it as a way to ferret out the murderer among them. I think. I think how she went about it actually was like pretty clever. I disagree. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have walked in that door. I would have just burned it to the ground. Just set the house on fire? Fuck yeah. Why would you walk in the front door? Just... Well, here's the thing. So, so sh- the other Sean, the other Sean is there. Yeah. They don't know who Sean is, and they need to know why Sean is there and what information they have. It's it's better to take them alive and question them. And that works out. But then also, you never find out oh, who wait, the murderer is dies. among them. She's concerned about trying to solve the murder of uh, Adelius, right? You know who can't murder your friends? A dead person. Yeah, but the, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be dead. If they burned the house down, they would still have a murderer among I'm, them. I'm just saying that, and like... so many of the kinswomen are dying. I'm just saying, in the past, mm-hmm. when they have walked into houses to fight Black Aja ladies, yeah. it has not always gone well, because, like, the Golam exists. Like, there are things that they can't detect that Elaine has fought before. And Elaine being like, we'll just go in. It's only three also, ladies. What could go wrong? And I'm like. Setting a house on fire with channelers that you can just put out the fucking fire. That's not going to weed them out. Well, it will weed them out. They'll have to fight. Well, no. I, they'll just. Uh, Glenn Pearson, thank you for that super chat. Um, Glenn, uh, Glenn Pearson, thank you so much. I was never so happy for a plotline to end as I was for Perrin versus Savannah plotline. Yes. Let the Perrin and Fayol do something for fuck's sake. Wait, the thing we didn't talk about, about the Perrin and Fayol stuff. One oh, last thing. Oh, yeah. I know people don't want us to go back, but I have to mention it. Robert Jordan, the Elias Perrin checking out Savannah's naked body thing was fucking weird. Yeah, super weird. I don't really know why strange. you had to include that. Him being like, oh, wow, she is really hot, though. Can't and say I, that in front of Fail. And wait, Elias no, is like, no, I, I have to look at her. No, Elias told me that I, I should be expected to check her out, so I'm going to check her out. And I was like... Didn't like it. Why? Didn't like none of that. What the fuck? Um, so weird. Anyways, yeah. No, no. So my my thing glad is glad so, I forgot about that and burnt it from my memory. Back to the Elaine stuff. So Elaine, previously in Ebudar, chased the Black Aja into a house. Yes. And a Golam appeared with them. Yes. And I was and so reading this, I was like, Elaine is not nearly careful enough in this situation, given the experiences that she's already had doing this exact thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Am I being, like, totally unreasonable here? I just feel like they were, like, very willy-nilly about, like, we'll just go in the front door. It's fine. Yeah, well, you know what? She probably was, like, it didn't work last time. Can't have that bad luck again. Uh, yeah. No, I I don't know. I I definitely don't think it was the best plan, but I like... clearly it wasn't, because Vendine and Saritha are dead. And Carrie Ann, yeah. Well, they'll fuck her. She's a murderer. Carrie Ann's evil, though. All of them are dead by the time we get to the actual fight. But, like... I don't know. It's just... I know it's dumb, but I'm, like... I feel like I would have done the same thing. Because I'm impatient. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm i I'm an impatient person. I would have gotten the information and acted on it immediately. So, I, I see a lot of myself in this, even though it went very poorly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I... I didn't think it was that dumb, but I do I do see your point. I just I, I was just kind of like they're and they're like, we'll leave the warders behind. And I'm like, why? Here's the thing though. What do the warders if if the plan is to walk in and shield them immediately, yeah. 
what is the harm of also having the warders checking your corners? Because if they had the warders in the room, the other five women that walk in, probably they would have had a second, right? Like the Maybe, yeah. It's, it's so that they couldn't like run out of the house and escape somewhere else, which I do understand. The other thing as well is Elaine is not expecting them to be able to hide their channeling uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get close enough, you can sense when people can channel. And so... She definitely was not anticipating that they had figured out a way to hide that so that she couldn't tell how many people were in the room. Which I But what if there had just, just been people something. in the room with swords? Yeah, you would have had to keep some people outside, but they could have taken some people in. But but like there there's just so many levels of this mm-hmm. where Elaine is so confident in Min's vision that her babies are going to be okay. Yes. That she behaves in a way that gets Vendine and Saritha killed. Yeah. Uh, truly, like that's what happens, right? Like her overconfidence, but, but she doesn't she, learn that lesson. But she had to get captured to take Camelin. Yes, and look, that sequence is great. Yeah, it's and good. like Brigitte, come Brigitte is a fucking like S tier character because of this sequence. Brigitte yes. saves the fucking day and crushes every. Like, look, I will, I will defend Brigitte until the day I die. Now, after this, this is one of like the greatest character moments in this entire series. Mm-hmm. Is Brigitte feeling her running? Or be, feel, okay, so let's just say the sequence events really quick. The the cut purse follows Dolan Millar to the house, doesn't get caught, so he comes back, tells them about the house. Yeah. So they go, they they take all the warders, they take the Aes and they go to attack the Black Asha. The the Black Aja have some other friends there who have like a black rod, torture rod that allows them to shield the girls even though they were already holding the power. So they kidnap Elaine and take her away. After uh, Vandine kills Carrielanus, whatever her name is, um, because that's the woman who killed her sister. So Vandine gets revenge at the final moment before um, she gets killed. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Great moment, Robert Jordan. Loved it. So then they kidnap Elaine, and they're taking Elaine away. The other warders that are with Brigitte all run into the house because they've got the, like, death um, angst or whatever. The death angst. They're all dead. So, Brigitte, rather than chase Elaine down the street trying to save her, Brigitte has the greatest fucking tactical brain in this whole series so far and goes, all right, back to the castle I go. I got to muster up an army because I cannot fight Aes Sedai by myself. She doesn't get emotional about it. She's very calculated. God damn it, Brigitte. This moment was so... This this was like the best reading of the whole book. I agree. The best reading of the past five books. I agree. Was watching a character watch a horrible thing happen to a woman she loves and... Watching everybody else rush in to die. Have the fucking mental fortitude to do something smart. And win the day because of her intelligence. And we don't get a lot of that in this. A lot of this is like brute brute strength kind of wins the day in Wheel of Time a lot. Because yes. our characters just have more powers or have luck. or So watching a character win by taking her emotions in her fist, crumpling them up, throwing them in the trash can, grabbing her intellect and her smarts and her knowledge in her other fist, shoving that shit into drive mode, going back to the castle and doing the goddamn thing was so good. Yeah. And like, I fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. I, I feel that so hard. This was the part of the book where I couldn't like put it down. I, when I really like books, I'm realizing we never talked about the fork root tea working. What are, the four oh, group yeah. team worked the on most of the whatever works, doesn't matter, which is cool. Yeah. Um, there, the, the first six books, I had mm-hmm. that feeling that I get when I love a reading, where I gotta keep going. I can't put the book down. I just want to go, 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 go. Okay. Yeah. I have not had that in a while. 
this was the this was the first moment in a while that I, I had that feeling again, being from Birgit's point of view and how she was going about this was my, my favorite. Thank you for bringing this back for me, Robert yeah. Jordan. That that feeling that I get when I just love reading something, it, it brought me so much joy. Ben Peterson, thank you for that super chat. Brigitte proves that the horn shows wisely in this one scene. Yes. I absolutely agree. She, I, I see why she's a hunter, for, or not a hunter for the horn. Like, a, a, um, uh, I see why she's tied to the wheel, you know? Like, I, I it, she's, she's fucking S-tier character for sure. Yeah. We talked about, we were like, what do we want to do at, like, Jordan Con? Because we don't want to do, like, a book section. Um, and I was like, why don't we make, like, character tier list? And then I was like, mm, if people get mad at us in a, in a live stream chat, it doesn't matter. If people get mad at us in real life, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes it a little more awkward. Uh, Glimmer says, one character makes a single intelligent decision. Nerdy. This is the best moment in the last five books. No, no, no. It's it's not just making the intelligent decision, right? It's all of it. It's manipulating the, the, the way she manipulates the sea folk. Into helping the... Splitting her forces, Mm -hmm. making that really tough decision. Yeah, yeah. Turning her back and going to get reinforcements and not being like, no, I can save the day by myself. And the moment on the hill, like, they save... So so they they, they go get the sea folk, they go get the army. She takes the army um, through the portals, right? Uh, They have their, like, Avengers Endgame moment (laughs) running down towards the wagon. And they're dying. And Brigitte's looking at her like... I mean, do you want all these people to die? Like, do you want Elaine to get kidnapped? And the the sea folk are like, well, fuck, and they get involved. And Brigitte, I mean, Brigitte literally throws lives at it, and it's a tough choice, but it is the only option in that moment. And her manipulation works, right? And, And it wins the day. And Brigitte then is the one who goes, all right, well, we can basically do this, right? And I, I, I think that it isn't just that Brigitte makes one smart decision. It's that Brigitte makes a bunch of really hard decisions and chooses the harder of the choices. Oftentimes, it is easier to chase the wagon. It is easier to charge down that hill with that army to after the sea folk have gotten them through the portals. But Brigitte knows that that's not what's needed in the moment. She needs to stand there and guilt trip the fuck out of the sea folk. And uses her knowledge of the deals and uses her knowledge of the way that the sea folk work to influence them into helping. It is a character using what she has learned that we've seen her learn over the course of her time on page to influence the actions of the characters around her towards victory. And and it's it's beautiful, right? Like it is a beautiful moment for a character who I feel like at, at times can kind of get like the is overly defensive of Elaine's stick thrown in her hands. And she, you know, she's, she, she is intermittently important to the narrative progressing Mm -hmm. and giving her this giant moment where she is the driving force of the narrative moving forward. I just think was so well done. And, and like, this is the, the moments like this are what I loved about the first six books. And I feel like we don't get a lot of them anymore. So when we do get them, I'm reminded like, yes! of how good Robert Jordan's writing is when it is character driven and when it is like using what the characters know and their intellect to tell the story as opposed to the powers and, and the luck and the, the things that I find a little bit cheap narrative wise. Um mm-hmm. Because because there's no there's no there's nothing cheap about this. This was an incredibly hard moment for Brigitte to do, and she pulls it off. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, yeah, she pulls off because Robert Jordan wrote her to pull it off. I get that. That's how all stories are written. But she does it in a way that is true to her character and, and tells the story of her character and and shows the growth of her character yeah. and her love of Elaine, yeah. which is so deep. And 
it's it's beautiful. Like I, I really I think that this is one of the like this is a highlight moment of the this might be my favorite moment of the last five books, honestly. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. I loved reading this. Like I said, it brought that feeling back for me of I gotta keep going. And I'm super happy for that. Uh Michael Kielski, thank you for that super chat. Uh Brigitte threw lives away in order to save the more important person sounds like Irwin. Except Brigitte has a plan. Um <laughs> Yeah. But hey, it works, unlike Attack on Titan. Uh, <laughs> and we know what the anyway. stakes are, unlike Attack on Titan. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, we're we're at the uh, one and a half hour mark, which is usually the middle of the show. So I just want to, because it's new merch day, I just want to throw a huge thank you to the people who have bought the new merch. Uh, Nicole Lopez Hagen, uh, thank no, you. No, don't full name people. Just, just oh. yeah. Just say thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Jeff. Thank uh, Patrick. Patrick was, not everybody wants their full name on the internet. That's just us. William. Uh, thank you. Melinda, Joshua, <laughs> Lynette, John, and David. <laughs> thanks, y'all. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, go check out our new merch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fucking cool. This it, is... This is one of the things. If you're a patron or a member, there is a coupon code in the Patreon and in the YouTube member section uh, for you to use. Uh, yeah. Nerdy out here docs, everyone. I'm sorry, y'all. I forget that not everyone just uses their name on the internet. Yeah, no. We that, we, we need to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Melinda got a coffee cup. Let's go. Yeah, the mug looks cool. You're going to you're gonna love it. You're going to, I promise. Melinda also got uh, the, the new visor that I'm very excited about. Visor. I, I did not know you made a visor. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, doesn't it look perfect? It's kind of great because it's not a full hat. It's the like strip. It looks like the strip tied across. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. We, I'll be, I'll, I will hopefully have the visor next week so you can see what it looks like on someone. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. And because I, well, because I did the visor because I was like, Atlanta, it might be really hot. In and you April. don't want to wear a beanie? Yeah. I'll wear a beanie still, um, but yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, I wanted a hat that I could wear at Jordan Con that I won't just be sweating and taking off and have my hair look like shit. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's get back into this chapter, though. Um, mm -hmm. We kind of actually skipped the chapter 32 was to keep the bargain. We've already kind of talked about that. Yeah, this whole section kind of blended into one, has, which is what I really like. Mm -hmm. I like when it just keeps going continuously. And I, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Beautiful. we haven't talked about the fact that like this last section reads really quick. I read the entirety of the reading last Friday after book club. Yeah. Like, I, I literally, book club ended... I had lunch, and then I read the entire rest of the day, and I finished Life of Dreams a full week ago, because the end of the book reads really quickly, and I was very interested in, e even though I am admitting, like, some of it I find frustrating, narratively, mm -hmm. the the writing of the end of this book is fantastic, and yes. it's a really quick read, and I didn't actually, like, put the, uh, I didn't put the book down. Yeah, um, yeah. It was I, 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 unlike the previous slog reading, where I've struggled through it, I just kept going through it and I loved that about it. Like I, I loved that I was engrossed for the first time in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to to have that back. It's yeah. good to see. Uh yeah, so there's she does the whole army thing. She gets she gets the people together. She sends enough people to help defend the gate and she takes in the people that she needs with her to help get Elaine back. Uh, there's a fun little, I mean, it's a chase sequence, but like not really. They uh, they they get blasted by some balefire from the rod, mm -hmm. uh, which just decimates uh, like thousands 
of people. Yeah, because it's a balefire rod. Horrifying. Uh, oh, it's the rod. It's the rod. Um, Nynaeve had. Yeah. Uh, Not Nynaeve. Mor- uh, Morgidian had. Oh, oh. Against Nynaeve yeah, in Tenchigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, what? I um, for- I like forgot about the that Morgidian was using a balefire rod back then. Which is weird, because wouldn't Mogidin just know how to use Balefire? Why would she need a rod? I think that the rod helps to control Balefire, because oh, otherwise it's okay, very, okay. very difficult to control. I could be wrong about that. That makes sense. Um, But uh, yeah, this mates a bunch of people, and Brigitte is like, do you want to watch all these people die? Do you want to lose your bargain? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to fucking step up? And uh, we actually get a nice... Um, uh, sea folk moment where they're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, and uh, and they help out. It the wasn't Mogidian using it; it was Ispin. That's why I'm I'm remembering it weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 okay, right. Gosh, that feels like forever ago. Because it was seven books ago. Wild. It was nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. Oopsie doopsie. Sorry if we don't remember all of the details from the three million words we've read. <laughs> we were close enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're close enough. I'll take a win. A win is a win. Yeah. Um, a win is a win. A win is a win. Uh, so then uh, Elaine is saved. And Elaine is like, get me a horse. <laughs> We're fucking Helm's deeping this shit. Because all of this, all of this Black Aja stuff happens the exact same night that the uh, mercenaries that were talked about turning a week ago. Ah, uh, they turned. It's been a week. Guys, it's literally, it's literally been a week. Been a week. Been a week. Uh, they turn it's been Friday to Friday. It's weeks. It's been one week since I turned on Camelin. God damn it. Far from inside the walls and then I died. Uh, and so, yeah, so Elena's like, look, those guardsmen are attacking. Uh-huh. Uh, we need to ride down this hill like Helm's fucking deep and crush our Amelia's like horses against the, the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the dawn of the seventh day. We're fucking riding in. We are the riders of Andor. And so they they hop on some horses and what? It's the seventh day in this. It's the fifth in. Oh, I was like. In Helm's Deep, it's the dawn of the fifth I day. I remembered but, wrong my li- whole life. No, <laughs> I was I was saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're you you got it. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned that I made you question your Lord of the Rings knowledge just so now. Am I. I thought that was something you would never question. Well. Are you okay? <laughs> no, not okay. <laughs> uh, and so we get. Um, uh, oh yeah, they have ten day weeks. I forgot about that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I, fuck. I, guess, I forgot they have 10 day weeks. I guess it's been. Did, t- does Robert John never name the 10 days? I don't. Is one of them Catil's Day? Um, Is that a reference? Yeah, that's a, that's a okay. SNL sketch. Um, uh, if you ever want to look at a really cool calendar, uh, Tolkien made up some really cool ones. That's um, what did. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, Elaine wins. Yeah. Elaine wins. They push, they, they, they charge down on her Amelia and, uh, they crush her. Super easy, barely an inconvenience again. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, they just, like, fucking end their fucking lives. Um. Basically. Um, and she, she was like, oh yeah, our Amelia's gonna be here because, uh, she said she was gonna, like, parade through Camelin. She's so gonna be at the front, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're able to capture her and all the other nobles, uh, no problem. Um, yeah, so she takes her 10,000 people and they charge down and they attack. Yep. And um, they win. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. I honestly love the sequence. Yeah, it's 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 a bit complicated. Like they do try and sneak up and like it, it's it's a cool sequence. It's fun to read. Um but again, it's a little bit easy. And I I want to keep I'm we're going to keep threading that back through. Yeah. Cuz I want to get to when we I get agree. to the end of the book. We'll I have never a felt like anyone was in danger. <laughs> yeah. Uh so about an hour before noon, Armelia's brought before Elaine. Thanksgiving. With uh Nan and Alenia. Mm-hmm. And um uh, people just all kind of write in and are like, all right, we support you. I will write down that I support you, which matters more than if I say it. Yes, uh, and yes. so suddenly Elaine is like, oh, okay, I guess I'm I'm queen now. I also like that Elaine is like, hey, that uh, Charles guy is super hot. Maybe he could be my third warder. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, but too attractive for Brigitte. Oh, I I didn't too I didn't speak about it. For, yeah, but yeah. there is there is a line in this where Brigitte's looking at a guy and she's, or um um. Oh, the the fucking the, the the second command, and she's like, "Wow, I like God. He's just the Super best smart. dude. Super smart. Way too attractive too hot, for my though. taste. But no, but she says like he's too attractive for my taste, and I'm like, this feels so fucking weird because it's not the like it's one of those weird things where it, it argues that there is objective attractiveness and yeah. that people are like attractive to ugliness rather than." finding those people attractive themselves. Yeah, she's not like, I don't find him attractive. She's but like, I see why no, other people do. Yeah, no, he's too attractive for me, which implies that you... Which implies that she like likes ugliness, but that doesn't... Are not attra- you're not attracted to? Yes, it, it's, it's, it's the difference it's between saying, I am attracted to Gaidal, and Gaidal is not attractive, but I want to be with him. And those are weirdly different to me. Yeah. And this this sentence yeah. was it was just a weird like yeah fifty six I get that she has a type but people are attracted to their type they're not not attracted to their type but want to sleep with them anyway yeah it's just a weird way to like say it yes it is just weird phrasing yeah because like, yeah. the whole being attracted like yeah yeah she she would be attracted to the people that she's attracted to like. Her calling him too attractive implies that she is attracted because of the word attractive. It's it's very it's very strange. Yeah, it's just odd. Philip says uh, the biggest problem with this plot is that Armilla's army never seems like a threat. The way Elaine talks about the siege, it only ever seemed like a minor nuisance, but it drags on for so long. Agreed. Let's talk about chapter thirty-four: A Cup of Calf. Kareed, um goes and talks to Gamel. I have forgot who the fuck these people were. Took me like halfway through. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Well, I think the Kareed Kadir thing is part of the reason yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alec, welcome back to the nerd table. I'm sorry nerdy things won't work between us. You're too attractive for my taste. Darn. So uh, sad. man, I'm I'm sorry that you uh, need to go see an optometrist. Uh, get your <laughs> eyes checked. Because I am mid- uh, Shush. so, uh, Kareed is like, oh, you're getting wrecked by, like, this giant army? And Gamel's like, yeah, there's gotta be, like, thousands of them. We're getting wrecked on all sides. Uh, they're, like, really good. Uh, and Kareed is like, hmm, I wonder if it's Tom Marilyn, <laughs> the incredible spy and banner general. So funny. Maybe he's, his, his colloquial name is Tom Marilyn, but it's actually Gary <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I was like, God, that would be incredible. Uh, and so Kareed is like, thank you. Uh, I also, look. I've complained about a lot of dumb Sanchez stuff, mm-hmm. but the idea that you would sit down and have coffee with someone and it is rude to speak through the entire first cup of coffee. 
and that you can't start talking until the second cup of coffee is the weirdest tradition yet of the whole Sanchen thing. I wonder if it comes from a tradition of teaching, like, patience and forethought. You sit there and you think about, like, you yeah, you manifest how you want the conversation to go. Like, I guess, but, but there is, is a there there. I am I am a person. Coffee who, like, is just so special. I love sharing drinks with people. Uh-huh. I'm a big drinks boy. I'm a beverage goblin. But the I I, I think that it is that I am physically uncomfortable with the idea of being alone in a room with someone I don't know, drinking and just not saying just anything. Sitting there. Like I would be. And look, is it because of my the way my brain works? Yes. This might be a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. But like the idea of just sitting silently with like, someone and just drinking coffee and not talking would drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. I would be like vibrating inside of my body just for somebody to break the... And look, do I talk constantly so that it's never silent? Yes, I do. I'm aware. I am a YouTuber. But the idea of this made my skin crawl. Of them just sitting there silently, mm-hmm. just sipping coffee. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Guys, I can't even sit alone in a room without sound. I always have something playing because mm-hmm. something has to be going on or else I am like physically uncomfortable. Which says a lot. I Look, I get, I look, I know it says a lot about me, okay? I fucking understand. But like, yeah. No, I, I, I would hate it. I would hate it so much. I would, I would absolutely hate it. I'd be like. We get to the point here. I don't have all day. The the high lady might be currently being kidnapped out of the country. So like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah no, I get the purpose of it here. It's it's a weird thing that I would absolutely hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ilchwam says bloody extroverts. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert who is so physically uncomfortable with the idea of silence that I keep talking. But I would rather be home by myself. <laughs> How long have you gone without, like, without, like, interacting with large groups of people? Out of curiosity. Like ever in my life? Yeah, I'm, like, ab- I'm absolutely curious because, like, the whole introvert-extrovert thing is obviously a gray line anyways, mm-hmm. but I'm just, like, I'm sorry, I'm just curious. I don't know what you mean. Like, what's the longest you've gone without, like, being in a group of people? Being among a group of people that you're interacting with. I don't know, like two weeks. Yeah, okay. Of like total total solitude? Like yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Do you feel you're like, oh man, I should really like hang out with people? Or you're like, nah, this is good for me. No, I'm good. Okay. Oh. I'm just wondering. Because like I feel like... Uh, the, I mean, like I said, the whole introvert-extrovert thing is, like, a very, like, gray line anyways. But it, sometimes I genuinely, like, I, 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 like, can't, like, you know, you can't, like, peg it down. I'm good in groups mm-hmm. for a bit. And then I will... You want to know how I know I'm an introvert? Sometimes if I'm at a party, we've had people over here. Yeah. And there's been a point in the party where I've gone upstairs and, like, laid down for 20 minutes. Because I just needed to be alone for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, sometimes, look, if I'm at a bar and it's, like, a party, like, like the Pink City party sometimes, I'll go sit in the toilet for 20 minutes. Yeah. Just to, like, just to not. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, back to a wheel of time. Um, As we slowly try and diagnose what's going on with me. (laughs) 
even during COVID, we were around several people because we were with your family or we were streaming, which I, I feel like streaming. Oh, see, is... I view streaming very differently than you. Because you yeah. view streaming socially and yes. I view streaming as a job. I view it as work. Right? So that's a big difference. Yes. <laughs> anyway, this is not what people are here for. Uh... <laughs> They're here for us to make fun of Kareed for being dumb and thinking that Tom Marilyn is in charge of the band of the Red Hand. Mm -hmm. Or that Agomar somehow is the person who's leading this, which yeah. I think is very funny. It's like, oh yeah, that guy. Um here here's the difference. I don't love some I don't love hanging out with a large group. I love entertaining a large group. I don't want to be among it. I want to be the I want to be the object of fascination at the party, not a member. Uh, I would rather be in a corner. Narcissists. It's not narcissism. No, I, I don't feel comfortable with people. And so if I am on the other side of the stage and mm -hmm. I'm entertaining them, I know that I'm good at that. I can get people to laugh. Mm -hmm. I, I like I I've worked my whole life to be good on stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as I'm among people trying to be like one of them, I don't I don't like socially know what to do anymore because I fuck it up and like people say that I'm bad at it. And so I would rather be presentational than be like social. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fair. That's Hi, fair. I have a podcast on the internet. Um. Anyway, this is, this is, yeah. I'm sorry. Tangents. Uh, my bad. Anyways. I'm definitely not a sociopath. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yes. I feel things very deeply. Can confirm. I just don't know how to like, I don't, I don't know how to interact in groups. I mm -hmm. either talk too much or I talk too little and I'm in my head about it the whole time and like I'm never comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one-on-one, -on -one, I'm, I'm great, right? Like yeah. I think like, and that's why I always like end up at parties like pulling one person aside and having a very long conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's fair. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, fuck, what was we talking about? So, uh, Elaine is, uh, is, you know, Chapter 35, the importance of Dielen. yeah. Um, yeah, Elaine chilling with Dylan and, and uh, Mistress Harfour. Um, Elaine, Elaine, pe people show up and are like, you know what? Fuck it, Elaine, you're queen. We're we're done. Let, let, let's end this. We all agree, except for what's her face. You're queen. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, they want a Lorian. A Lorian's like, you know what? I, I fuck it. I, I I'm saying no, but everyone else said yes. You're queen. This plot has gone on for too long. I don't fucking care anymore. Be queen. Let's just move the fuck on. And I was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pelivar and Parable in the same room. Uh, rude. I know. Fucking rude. Uh, but yeah, basically what happens, they're like, we want to come meet with you, but you must like guarantee us like safe patches or passage. And Elena's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, who do you think I am? Yeah, whatever. They show up. Elaine's queen. Elorian is real salty about it. And, uh, and then they basically move on. I have a feeling this happens because Camelin is about to something bad is about to happen there oh in Camelin I yeah I, I get the vibe that Camelin is about to be fucked maybe that like thing that Egwene saw that's and that see but that's the thing that hangs over all of the Camelin stuff because I thought that they they Aramilla was going to breach and Rand was going to show up at the last moment for Elaine. That mm -hmm. he like uh, that Rand was going to feel Elaine in danger in his bond, and he was going to show up mm. in the siege of Camelin being this giant fight. 
right? Except that Elaine was never scared. Except that Elaine was never scared. But we know that at some point, Egwene and Rand meet in the capital of Camelin because Rand is hurt in the fight in Camelin, right? And so the prophecy of that, I thought it was going to happen here, but because it didn't, and there's only three books left, and I don't think the the last battle takes place in Camelin. I think like either it's, in Gathering Storm or in the following book, this it, city's getting fucking destroyed. The thing is, that wasn't a prophecy. Yes, it was. No, it was part of the like Terangriel thing. Yes. But it was part of the test. That doesn't like show like the future. Does it shows it was part of her like what's to come for the accepted test? Uh, uh Nisa yeah. Chris, thank you so much for that super duper chat. First book club I got to attend live. Uh, but fan from the start, thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Love y'all. I have to go back to work now. Have fun. Can we see you at Jordan Con? <gasps> Yay! Hell yeah! We'll 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 see you there. It's gonna be a good time. Um, you live in Atlanta. Dope. We'll see you there. Uh, Glenn Pearson, I kind of love that we're seeing Matt's name slowly spread among spies and generals and that they refuse to acknowledge him at first. That is funny. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's gotta be, uh, Gareth Bryan. Um, yeah, it's not, it wasn't like a prophecy. It was like a potential future. Every potential future in this series has come true. Well, no, not flicker flicker stuff. Like, that's... That's not potential futures, though. That is the multiverse. All of the potential future stuff has come true. I, mm-hmm. I, prophecy in this world is so literal. It, there's no like gray area on prophecy in the Wheel of Time. Prophecy is the most literal fucking shit in any re- reading I've ever done. At some point in the next two books, before I'm, I'm call, look, this is my prediction. Mm-hmm. Some point in the next two books, before the t- memory of light, mm-hmm. Camelin is going to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Because it didn't happen fair. here. Yeah, I think that's fair. At some point. And, like, maybe it's the staging ground of the final battle. Maybe this is where, like, maybe, like, oh, maybe. when Camelin gets fucked up, all of the armies converge there. And, like, that's where the armies of good leave <laughs> from Camelin for the final fight. No, no. Everyone goes to the fucking Blight because that's where they think Tarman Gaiden is going to be. And instead, the Dark One shows up in Camelin. That's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. I could see it. I could see that, too. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What? Nothing. I just, that would be. I just, like. Boys, we gotta turn around! Turn around! I, I think the, um, I, I think the Egwene Rand moment is almost guaranteed to me. And so I just mm-hmm. think Camelin has to fall at some point. All right. I yeah. just thought, I literally, I thought it was gonna be here. Yeah. I thought this book was gonna end with Egwene. Well, actually, I don't know how Egwene would have gotten there, but. That's very. Maybe the next book would have started with Egwene showing up and Rand being hurt there. I don't know. It didn't happen that way. But no. I'm, yeah, I just, I think, like, Camelin's fucked. Yes. I hope. We'll see. Uh, and mostly just because I want something bad to happen somewhere that, like, matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, my favorite part about this chapter with the other people is they're like, what about the Borderlanders? And Elena's like, oh, my friends? Oh, yeah, no, no, I that was me the whole time. Oh, yeah, that, that was my friends. And they're friends. like, but you can't negotiate as the queen. And she's like, I negotiated as a motherfucking Aes Sedai. Elorian, would you have done anything different than I would have? You guys don't know my game. I got I got titles and skills you don't have. My favorite moment was when C- Caitlin is like, well, if they're mean to me, I'll be mean to them back. And Dylan's like, yes, you will be the goat who does exactly what the goat herd does when it's fucking goaded, you fucking idiot. And she's like, <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> I just like this. this Caitlin just pisses me off. Uh, Telemar, so thank you for that super chat. Introverted exhibitionists are the best. Thank you for being so entertaining. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for that super chat. Appreciate I will soon it. be taking exhibitionism literally. Uh, Not literally. You're you are excited for people to to masturbate to it. Is that what? I mean, you, exhibitionism doesn't necessarily on, involve masturbation, but but you you like that people are gonna. I'm what? just saying that I'm. Everyone's gonna be able to see my penis soon. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly exhibitionist. <laughs> I, th I think it is. The entire world having access to my penis. I thought it's how you like feel about it. If you're oh, like, yeah, that's hot. People are like, That's what are they talking about it? Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> Project Murdo, you can't get more public than what's about to happen to my body. Yeah, just, uh, you know, make sure you're subscribed to Amazon Prime. Uh, All I'm going to say. Uh, that dark friend, uh, 22 minutes behind, but Brigitte is awesome. Yes, she is. I'd love novellas based on her past yes, lives. Yes, I would. I would. I, not even novellas. I want a full, like, trilogy. Yes. Uh, thank you for oh that. Oh, my God, like a guy Gal Brigitte. Um, love trilogy over the course of a thousand years. That yes, would be cool. Yes, yes, yes. I would read the shit out of that. Um, James Ross, hey, that's cool ship design behind you. Yes, that is right there. It's the Rocinante. Sorry, it's still surreal to me seeing it there. Yeah, the Rossi. Thank you. She's up there. She's going to get painted uh, at, probably in May. At some point. Yeah, thank you, James Ross, for the super chat. Um, um, exhibitionism means making yourself an exhibit or putting yourself on display. You can't be more on display than what's about to go down on Amazon Prime. Um, Fair. Yeah, <laughs> Fabu Moose is kind of here for nerding the rot. It's going to happen. I can't tell you where yet, uh, just that it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, anyways. I don't want Jordan to write it. I want Jordan someone else to write it. Jordan can't write it, so yeah. it's fine. Uh... <laughs> I don't know who I would want to write it. Um, E.K. Johnson or Claudia Gray from Star Wars. They've, they've both written really cool like fantasy uh, romance. romance stuff. Mm -hmm. I think either E.K. Johnson or uh, Claudia Gray would do a great job with it. Next chapter. Kareed. We're back with Kareed. Back with Kareed. Uh, Kareed goes and meets the band of the Red Hand and is like, are you Tom Marilyn? And Tom Marilyn's like, yes. And he's like, I would like to uh, speak with you about the fact that you're leading these men. And Tom Marilyn's like, the fuck you do? Uh, I think I'm a gleeman. Yeah, I, I sing songs. I'm the bard of the group. <laughs> I... I'm a, I am. This is hilarious. I'm slightly disappointed that Tom did not fuck with him for a bit first. Like Tom is just kind of immediately like, "No, I'm a gleeman," and I wanted Tom to be like, "Oh yes, me, the leader. What's up, dude?" Because that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. immediately been like, "Oh yeah, yeah. These these are my men." <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Matt already had a plan for what was about to happen, so I think that like you know, being mean and like fucking around with him might have hindered that plan. But that would have been very funny. I just, I was like cackling at this. Yeah. Like I, like this was genuinely some of the best comedy writing I think we've had in the whole series. Yeah. Was the sequence. It's very funny. It's like, like, well, the structure of the jokes are well written. And Robert Jordan doesn't like over describe in between the, the beats of the joke. Because yeah. sometimes he'll like set up a joke, describe the whole room, and then put in the punchline. Yeah. And so the comedy's kind of ruined by the pacing of that. And this was one of those times where he wrote the pacing of this joke into the novel very well. Mm. And I was legitimately like laughing out loud. Like yeah. I was having a great time with it. Yeah. Jonathan, thank you. Welcome back to the nerd table. Do you think we'll ever read The Expanse in book club since you're already watching the show? I don't know if we will just because I don't know that there will be anything to predict because we'll always be ahead of the books. 
Yeah, like we'll already know what happens in a, in a version of the story. So I don't know if people would find that very interesting. Uh, Samantha A sure. says, on that note, seriously, how much to commission the expanse is the next book club series? I 500% guarantee you'll like it more than this and actually like the political commentary. <laughs> Thank you for that super chat, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Guys, um, we're we're six months away. We're, we're going to finish the entire expanse by the time we're done with the Wheel of Time. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how we're feeling about the expanse at the end. But I honestly think we're probably going to end up doing the Cosmere. Well, no, first we're doing Murtag. We, you promised me. Oh yeah, no, no. We're gonna do we're gonna do one off and then Murtag and then we'll go into something else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do between the Wheel of Time and Murtag because Murtag's not till November, but yeah. Well, How well, many well, books is The Expanse? Six, I think. I mean, that's that's much faster than Wheel of Time. I, don't I know. think they're shorter too. Cosmere is on the docket, and Expanse is definitely on the docket. I I I don't know. It depends if people are like nine. Books. Nine. Okay. Okay. I just it so it's another year of our if lives. People are like interested in it. I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm concerned. I don't think there will be a price tag to commission it. I'm just uh, concerned that the the that book club would be mostly us just comparing it to the show, and we'd really have to think about whether or not we could come up with a. Um, format that allows us to not just be constantly being like, well, in the show they did this. And, you know, because I remember early book club, like that was something that people found frustrating about the first book book club. Is they're like, stop talking about the show, just talk about the books. And it was really hard because we couldn't Mm. take our show knowledge out of our brains for book club. Mm, Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a consideration. Let's get to the end of the book first, and then we can talk about other things. Well, well, let's get to the end of the Wheel of Time first. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, we're not sure what's going to happen next. Kareed, Kareed meets Matt, and is like, oh, that's Tylan's toy. And I was like, Fuh. I hate yeah. this. Uh, and so, He's Kareed is like. He's probably just a dumbass. Hey, I'm here for Tuan. And Matt is like, oh, fucking great. Yeah, take her. Yeah, and yeah, Kareed's yeah. like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, take her. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, go for it. Will she be safe with you? Do, do you trust him? Do you need, like, like Matt is trying to you pass... Good? Matt is trying to pass Tuan off like a dad passing off their kid to, like, a daycare. The daycare's like, oh, is it's going to be tough saying goodbye. And the dad is like, no, take, no, 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 take go, them. Go what, what, does he need food? Yeah. Do children drink? Like, I don't know what she needs. Uh, but, yeah, here's a Tuan. Uh, and Tuan is like, well, before I go, we're married now. And Matt's like... Fuck. Cool. It's like, yeah, I mean, I knew that was going to happen, but it still happened. And he's like, I didn't think you loved me. And she's like, uh, no, I don't love you. What the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, oh, that that makes sense. She's like, maybe. Maybe I'll love you. I don't know. We'll see. I was like, okay, okay fair enough. <laughs> you guys don't know each other that well. I hate their relationship. Two on sucks. Honestly, the fact that she doesn't love him, I think, was the right choice. I think it makes more sense. The fact that he loves her just, is the wrong choice. I Yeah, I just hate her. She has more reason to love him than he has to love her. Yeah. She is literally everything that he hates. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yep. so uh, they, uh, they leave. But Matt is like, wait a second. There's an army trying to kill this girl. And she's my wife, so I should do something about that. Can I have, like, two O'Gear and, like, five Death Watch guards? And yeah. Karita's like, yeah, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And Matt's like, wait, one, one, before you go, one last thing, one last thing. You don't want to kill her, right? You're actually going to get her to Ebudar? And he's like, yeah. And he, Matt's like, okay, cool. 
Hi. Hey, Tuan, can I kiss you goodbye? No? No, not in the mood for cool. it. Cool, this relationship seems super healthy and great, and I'm so happy that one of my favorite characters, who I literally have a shirt dedicated to, is is in this very terrible relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those things where it's like they're they're literally like, you know, you're not my enemy, but fuck the Sanchin. And she's like, Well, I serve the Empire, so Bye, husband. Samantha A says, I like Tuan and Kareed's relationship more than Tuan and Matt's. Lol, lol. Yes, because <laughs> Tuan is like, hey, do you have that doll I gave you? And Kareed is like, no, it was lost in this, when in my this house fire. was burned down. And Tuan's like, oh, you kept it for that long. I'm sorry about your family. Like, their relationship is so much better than yeah. any conversation Matt and Tuan have ever had. I know. Like, Tuan is straight up abusive and gaslighting and like, all of the shit that you do not want your partner to be. She's... All of those things. Yeah, yeah. Tuan is basically like a Kardashian. And she's the fucking worst. And Matt deserves better. Matt from Coffin <laughs> is a good old boy who deserves a person who's going to treat him with some fucking respect mm-hmm. and some kindness and some compassion. And will give him a steamy kiss goodbye when they're not going to see each other maybe ever again. But Tuan is not that person. She's a slaver and she fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And like this, like, look, I love Matt. We literally made this because of our love for Matt. Mm-hmm. But like, Yes. Matt and Talmains just need to end up together, you know? Fucking hot. Let's go. Yeah, into it. Let's Alexander the Great, the Red Band. I'm into it. <laughs> oh my god. If Matt was if Matt was reading the Red Band and it was just like all the homos of the Wheel of Time fighting together side by side. It's not it the becomes red. the rainbow hand. Yeah, the rainbow hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. The band of the rainbow hand. Oh my god. <laughs> They're the rainbow mafia. Literally. Matrim Coffin and the Rainbow Mafia. God damn it. Add alluded to that bisexual mess? Absolutely. Fair. Yeah, honestly. I would be so much more into that than all of the shit that we actually get with Matt in these last few books. I'm sorry. It just, the Tuan relationship is so, is so poorly written that yeah. I just fucking can't stand it. Yeah, we talked about it. I was yeah. like, all right, we got, we, we did this that happened. They're married now. Wasn't happy about them being married, but uh, it was going to happen. Couldn't. I was like, maybe, maybe the prophecy, like, won't come true this time. And it'll be like, oh, and there will be that weird, like, rippling moment and, like, you know, shit, like, goes sideways. No, it's fine. They're married. Um, so, yeah. So. Yeah. So, Tuan, we got uh, her last POV as Karita's yeah. like, yo, I like Matt. And she's like, I do too. But I don't love him. But I could. Maybe one day. Maybe. And then she's like, Whoosh. I am now the daughter of the nine moons. I have removed the veil. If I die, I die as me and not as... Get me a razor. Somebody else? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I need to shave my head. Yeah, yeah. I still don't really understand what it's being like, under the veil means 100%. I wish that was explained a little bit better so that this moment kind of meant something. But I was like, oh, yeah, okay. They, cool. they were hiding that she was there. But they weren't. They were just addressing her differently. She was high lady instead of highness. And yeah, I'm but like, nobody knew that Tuan was the... Queen. They just, everyone just knew she was a member of the blood, but no one knew that she was the next in line. No, everybody did. No, only like Soroth and the Death Watch did. And again. And don't some of the Soroth domains. I've never met her before because they're not allowed to look at her, right? They have to keep their eyes down when she's in the room. No one's ever seen her face. It's in their culture that they, no one is, none of these people except for Soroth has ever seen her face. I guess. And like Kareed knew because yeah. they're the Death Watch guard. Okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. I guess that's why they're able to be like, hey, kill this person who's impersonating 
The daughter of the nine moons. Ava Sanchez says, yes, Tuan should be falling for him and Matt should just think he has to. Agreed. Uh, hope she has a redeeming arc because I love Matt. Same. Just bought the shirt. <gasps> Hell yeah. Thank Enjoy you. the shirt. I'm excited. Mine's in the mail. It's 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 not going to arrive in time. Uh, well, for it wasn't going to arrive in time for today. I hope it arrives in time for Jordan Kwan. Speaking of the shirt, uh, Ava, James, Frank, and Nasa, thank you for joining the people. The, the people Get the shirt. the no bloody hero. Y'all are the best. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. I do appreciate it. Uh, if you're a patron or a member, don't forget, there's a coupon code for you. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't spend more money than you have to. <laughs> uh, we, we just want everyone to have cool stuff. And yeah. honestly, like, this hoodie's very comfortable. It's pretty cool. I, I, I'm very happy with it. Um, all right. Let's get into chapter 37, The Prince of the Ravens. Matt has another title to add to his uh, not being noble, even though he is now literally royalty. He's, he's the fucking, not emperor, but like, I don't know, basically. He's the Prince of the Ravens. Yeah, Prince of the Ravens. Uh, he's like, why are you calling me highness? Just use my name. And the guy's like, no, I couldn't do that. You my literally eyes. just married the heir to the queen. Why, why do you think they're calling you highness? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he... We didn't really talk about Tuan. Uh, I did, I the only Tuan moment I liked in this whole book, uh -huh. I should say it because it's a Tuan moment I actually liked. Important? The explanation of why she knew... That oh, her prophecies? The fact that she was like, oh, the ring freaked me out. And he's like, I just found this on the street. Like, like that was that was legitimately interesting. Yeah, and I should like, say that because I shit on Tuan so much. stuck on my finger. Like That conversation about the prophecies was very good. That was cool, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's her. all like luck and like, it's again, it's not character decisions. It's just, it has to be this way, which is dragging this whole series down because our characters don't make a lot of decisions. They kind of are like forced into the majority of the situations they end up in. Um, and so in terms of like my favorite series of all time, this one's getting pulled down by that. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of convenience. It's a lot of serendipity, yeah. which is funny because I was so complimentary in the early books about the way that he wrote Coincidence. I used to compliment him so much on that. And then I think that he s just starts to overuse it, it to the point where... It got a bit heavy handed yeah. a little bit for sure. I think that Matt's luck would be so much more impactful if... Everybody everyone else didn't, have didn't it. already have it. It's the same thing with Perrin's nose. Yeah, yeah. That would be so much cooler if everybody else wasn't able to just read people's faces. People talk about um, Matt being so lucky, but everyone in the world is so... Like, all of our main characters are so lucky that it's like... Is he lucky? Yeah, or is I he just, just wish there was a bit more juxtaposition yeah. with, with those things. Or that, like, someone else was unlucky. Like, I would like to meet a character who Who's is... unlucky. Not great at everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 100%. So Matt uh, Matt comes up with this plan to fight the Sanchin where he... Um, he, like, makes them think that they're by building to protect themselves and are caught off guard. This plan's great. Yeah, he, like... Huh. They, oh, also, the armor is red and green, mm -hmm. and Kareed flinches when, like, he says red and black armor when Matt says it. And he's like, Matt's like, that's fucking weird. Because it's so dark of a green that nobody can tell it's green. Mm -hmm. I was like, do the Sanchin have like a different like color profile biologically than the, than Randland? Like, do they see it as green? Well, and... the, the the Sanchin still pay for the Pantone color palette in their Adobe Photoshop, but mm. Matt doesn't Matt pay doesn't extra, subscribe. so he doesn't have the Pantone colors. He only right. has the original colors. He's not subscribed. Okay, that, that is, makes sense. That is deep cut Photoshop humor for like. Nobody but me and Clarus. Well, I'm sure there's a few editors in our chat, but... Uh, I hope one person found that funny, because it came out of my mouth, and I was like, that is a very funny joke for the smallest percentage of people on the fucking planet. Mm -hmm. I, Father Drusum, I will fight you. I still I, I still want more Gawain. 
He's not. He's not done yet. <laughs> Berserker says the armor is blue and black, not white and gold. Don't even. Yeah. Go there. Because she's a white and gold girl. Yes, it's. Fucking it's fucking white blue gold. and black. It's literally white and gold. Like I don't know what to tell you. Oh my god. Okay. Damn. There's a couple of people who understand the Pantone joke. All right. Let's move on. Um. Yeah, we're gonna move on. I'm glad we, someone got it before we fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the Death Watch guard let themselves be seen. They lure the people into the trap. And the trap Because it's like half built. They, they like half, half build the wall. trench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that they think that they're catching them off guard, but they're yeah. not. This yeah. is a great plan. Yeah. Like, this is a legitimately great plan. Super fun to read. This fight, the way that it goes, is very cool. Mm -hmm. And I was very impressed. I, I enjoyed this sequence a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, like, Vannon, uh, Vannon continues to be this incredible character, showing his worth through his actions mm -hmm. and like the 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 comedy of him being like I'm not a horse thief I just know a lot of weird shit but also like he's definitely a horse thief like oh, the yeah. fact that he's keeping up appearances even though he knows nobody of the people he's with care yeah. is is so it's, it's hilarious him and Balwer are these two really interesting side characters that I just love reading about because they're very funny and like they're idiosyncrasies but also very capable at what they're good at mm -hmm. and so they they're they're comedic characters to me in the way that they're being written and at the same time, they serve a function within their storylines that allows them to feel necessary. And so they're not just com comedy for the sake of the narrative having comedy, mm -hmm. but they're comedy for the sake of a character who is also good. Mm -hmm. And like I, the way Robert Jordan uses Vannon and Balwer to do that, I think is very impressive throughout all of the arcs we've seen of those two characters. Yeah, 100%. I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great plan. Goes off without a hitch. They even figure out who, that Suroth is the betrayer. They find yeah. they cut off that guy's head. They cut off what's his face's um, head. What's his name? Blaric? Air, air, no. It's, um, Isn't it Blaric? Oh, Blaric. A, 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 the last name starts with an E, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and um, But that's not till the next chapter, technically. Yeah, the, uh, the Sildoms, they want to help because they've been learning to channel and they're not oathed up, but the Aes Sedai are like, no. Don't yeah. you fucking do it. No, I, I love that uh, fucking Jolene is like, I'm, no, I don't feel in danger. <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, no. Uh, you know what? I think I'm in danger now. I was like, what? Well, and I'm like, the, that whole time I'm like, the three oaths are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're meant to be. They're meant to be bullshit. I know, I know, but it's frustrating it's that like, anyone <laughs> believes them. I know. Yeah. The, the three olds are fucking bullshit. That, that was actually also good comedy to me. Oh, great comedy. I was yeah, like, it was hilarious. <laughs> and Matt's like, just... Yeah. People are dying, but it was good comedy. But I also, I, I love um, I love the beat of the, the, the Sancha guy that's with them being like, oh no, this is all you have. Mm -hmm. It's just that your fucking um, crossbow cranks make it seem like you have three times as many men as you have. Yeah. Which is cool. It's a cool beat. Yeah, Karita's like, oh, you actually don't have that many people. Do huh? you think that... Um, do you think Tuan stole a crossbow on the way out? Yes. You do? Yeah. It's not mentioned. I was very deliberately looking to see if it was mentioned. No. But not do you mentioned. think she stole one? Yes. Because that makes me nervous. Yeah. I I'm think she scared. I don't think she got her hands on the maps. I think that that, uh, yeah. I, my bet, I'm just arbitrarily, my bet is that she got crossbow bolt, did not get the maps. Or Solution did. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. We know um, Solution's like fucking ninja over here. There's something in our chat wants to talk about, though. What? They spoiled it last week in the chat. They brought it up. And now I understand what they brought up last week when I was like, don't look at the chat. They're spoiling. Uh, they We now have guns. Oh, yeah. Aludra has built not guns, but 
rocket launchers? Well, no, not they explode. rocket launchers, but like, yeah, they're like mini grenades. Grenade launchers. So they're, they're they have grenade launchers. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They should take that to the universities. They should. Aludra make lots of money. Why do I have a feeling we we have now the steam wagon and we have grenades? Why do I have a feeling that Rand is going to have tanks at the final battle? <laughs> no, it's the fling, the 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 showing. Showing. They're not gonna be able to build those in time. No, they're gonna find one. They're gonna find one in one of those fucking you know Matt's luck. He's gonna fall out of the elfin world and into a fucking time capsule that has showings in it. I swear. I swear to God. Sean says, but Tuan will be all, hey, I have super crossbows. And Matt will be like, oh, I upgraded to cannons now. Yeah, yeah. Tuan is just like one tech behind. <laughs> We're watching. This is what civilization is. We're yeah, just yeah, watching yeah. them play Civ, but like in real life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I The, the advancement of technology in this world is hilarious to me. We still have to play the Civilization Wheel of Time mod. But we which, can't do spoilers. No, we're actually good. As long as we don't play as Damadred, we have no spoilers past this point. Monkey, let me know. Damadred? So, or da, demandred. De demandred. Fuck me. <laughs> yes. Demandred. I can't. Fucking can't with these goddamn names. No, we're good. Robert, we're why? We're in the clear for spoilers so we can do the Wheel of Time Civilization mod. Okay. Anytime. Great. I'm actually. We'll do that live at JordanCon. No. We'll be there for 36 hours. Straight. Yeah, we'll like we'll like project it on the wall outside, and we'll people can come hang out with us on the grass while we play Civ. We'll just play Civ the entire time at JordanCon, and people can come hang out with us. They come to us. That way, we don't go inside and don't get spoiled on anything because we're just outside sitting yeah, on the grass. Yeah, we're just out playing video games. Yeah, we're out uh, getting a tan. Uh, yes, Civilization Six does have a Wheel of Time mod. Damn it, Dread! How fair is this world? I've never played Civ Six. I, I I love Civ Five though. I play a lot of Civ Five. We should get you to play Civ Six before we do it. Live. So that I understand it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot. Um, I I I've never actually finished a game of Civ Six. I'm so close to actually beating my very first one. Um, but uh, yeah. You can invade Siandar in Civ Six. We'll take out the Sanchin. We'll do what. That's also um, Sean. Masana does. That's also Sean. There's about six different ways to spell Sean in this book, and that's hate. one of them. I fucking hate the names in the Wheel of Time. I will never be able to look at a Sean the same way again because I'll be like, "How do you spell that?" Um, but yeah, so Aludra has grenadiers uh, taking their grenades, and uh, they they fucking wreck the ruined the people working with Sanchin. They're not actually Sanchin. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the Aes Sedai are like, hey, Matt, you owe us. And Matt is like, the fuck? The fuck I do? Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's um, mm -hmm. uh, Musengi. Oh, I have no idea who Musengi is. Musen Musengi is suddenly important and is like, yeah. no, no, no. The, the crossbows did this. You barely helped. He's just one of the guys that got left behind from the Death Watch, I think, but I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Matt is now king. Yeah. Knife of Dreams. Epilogue. We made it to the end. Uh, Tuan walks into the room with Suroth, and I was like, oh, fuck, she got back real quick. Tuan walks into a bar. Uh, uh, and it's a hell. And now Suroth is um, fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. Suroth is ruined. We also find out, guys, we do find out that Shem, 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 Sean, uh, the other Sean, uh, actually murdered the Empress. Semiraj. You cannot start then, calling everyone Sean. No, no, no. Sean murdered the Empress, so Sean is actually fallen into ruin. 
the Empire of Sean uh, has fallen into ruin. Um, it's a mess. There's fighting everywhere. The, all the blood is dead. Uh, it's 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 a bad time. Bad time all around. So well done, Sean. Well done, Sean. Can we um, quit this podcast? <laughs> from now on, everything that looks remotely like Sean is going to be Sean. Uh, Thrag, thank Thrag, you. Thrag, thank you for being an for 14 months. Team. You did make it. This is the announcement. Show off I, I, for, for Thrag. Thrag was like, I gotta make it to book club. We got new merch. We got new merch. Welcome back to the nerd table. They're all Sean. They're all Lanfear. <laughs> Lanfear is Sean. <laughs> That's the new shirt. Lanfear is Sean. Nobody will know what the fuck that means unless they watch this podcast. Um. Yeah, so uh, uh, now mm. she's taken over. Uh, she, uh, she comes in, she's like, I'm Empress now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seraph is, um, I, I don't really know. Seraph is going to be a Dakovale to the Death Watch Guard until her hair grows long enough to be sold as property. Yeah. Whatever I don't that love that the ends of so many of these plots are just more slavery, but Oh, like, and then they also cut her clothes off. Yeah. Yeah. Because. So. Here, here's, Okay. Here's my thing with, oh, I'm going to create a bunch of unique cultures. They have to be unique. Having them all kind of do the same shit is weird. Like the Aiel and the Sanchen doing the exact same thing to women that they take, all all people that they take prisoner. No, the Aiel are different. No, they're not. When the Aiel take you as Gaishan, they rip off all your clothes and they walk you naked until they can find white to put you in. Sure, the ripping off of the clothes And the Sanchen rip off all your clothes until they can find you a translucent robe for you to be in when they enslave you. Like The nudity thing is very, like, kind of weirdly universal. But I just mean that, like, the Aiel, you're only... You're 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 like a servant for like a year and a day. You're not like sold as property. I'm not saying right? it's exactly the same. I'm just saying like there's times when I'm like these unique cultures sure all spank the same way. They yeah they all spank they all take your clothes off that mm-hmm. like that that is yeah for some reason a like universal thing not my favorite but uh, yeah Tuan Tuan is like fuck you Seraph and is now is like I'm the Empress now bitch. This all happens while Seraph and Galgan are actually arguing about who's in charge, and neither of them know. It's neither of them. It's the new Empress, Tuan, husband, Matt, and uh, who knows where this is going. Because actually, what's interesting about the Sanchen plotline coming out of this is that I, I don't actually know... Um, I don't know what happens. Does Tuan go home to try and, like, fix Shandar so that they can... I don't know. I don't no know what idea. the plotline moving forward for the Sanchen is. They clearly can't accomplish the return they're getting their asses kicked by rand yeah like I just, they're losing on all fronts even though they're the ever victorious army yeah like matt just crushed them in the in the east rand is crushing them in the north uh, no, rodella tal oh the aiel do sell wetlander you're you're right actually yeah yeah okay guess it's not that different um, yeah, the Aiel set Wildlanders to Shara. Like, it's it's a lot of slavery, y'all. Um, they just really don't like Kyrian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. It's like, the I, I don't know what the Sanchen is. The, I don't know what their next moves are. I don't know. And, like, I, I it's hard to even predict because I here's my thing, right? Like, we have three books left. And I kind of want to talk about, like, oh, what do you think is going to happen? But it's like, we kind of have to start getting into the last battle at some point. Yeah, the problem is that the Shan Shan can't retreat. Because then they lose their element of surprise when they come back for the return. They, people know that they exist. Yeah. So they kind of have to. Well, and there's nothing fight. for them in Shandar. Like they would have to go like. They have to fight, fight battles a war. on both fronts. So like. Yeah. They don't have. Um, 
they don't have more reinforcements coming. Probably not. So they kind of have what they have to work with, and like they're already running out of rockin'. It just feels like Rand wants them to be the Empire, to be the like West and the South. And I don't think that they can do that now mm-hmm. because they're kind of like their army's getting wrecked on all fronts. They're rocking are too spread too far. They're I, I I guess they have 200 more domain now that they can train and like do that. But like I don't know what they I just don't know train them. What's weird about the ending of the Matt Tuon plot is I don't feel like it pushed Matt or Tuon towards Tarman Gaiden in any significant way. Yeah, it sort of just reset the Sanch and Matt storyline. Back to where it was a few books ago. Like, I don't really feel... Like, they're married now, and that's obviously a huge difference. But in terms of, like, where they're headed, I don't... I don't really know where Matt's going. I get he's that he's getting... He's going to go get more... Uh, more rain. Same more case. More rain. Sure. Now. But, like, that doesn't have anything... I... Yeah. It, it's a bunch of things where, like, I... The, the, the book ended a bunch of plot lines that needed to end. And we're going into, like... I guess there's another side quest for Matt to go on. No, but this is what I was saying earlier. I wish Robert Jordan took 15% of the buildup and put that 15% into the aftermath of things. mm -hmm. So we knew what directions we were going. I think it would also help with some of the beginnings of Wheel of Time books have to repeat so much. Not because the audience won't know, but because the ends of previous books don't really show resolution in a way that leads into anything. And so... A lot of the Wheel of Time books have to, like, start from scratch in a way Mm -hmm. because the last book just ends so abruptly Mm -hmm. that the first few chapters of of the next book always kind of feel like they're the end of the last book, just, like, tacked onto the front of the next one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually very fair. Because the next book has to start with, like, what are Perrin and Fayil doing now? What, like, what are... They're fucking. I hope so. Um, They're fucking hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's just curious. I, I feel like... This this book ended a lot of plot lines, and yet at the same time, like, it didn't make me excited for The Gathering Storm. Yeah, because we didn't get that, like, that, that, yeah. We didn't get anything emotionally from our characters at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Other I than, like, don't really Perrin know is happy sure, to be with Fael, sure. and but Elaine the, is queen. But, but the interesting stuff, I mean, how yeah. do they feel about that? About what they've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do wish there was a, just a bit more... Of, of, about that. Uh, do you think that Rand will ever actually meet with Tuan? I'm Probably, honestly, yeah. I'm honestly hoping that Matt gets one of his people to fucking make a portal. Mm-hmm. He like, he says the name, he says Rand into the mirror three times and Rand appears in his head um, and doesn't try to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he knows where Rand is to go and try and find him. The fact that they can fucking Bloody Mary with Rand is hilarious to me. Bloody Mary? You know, you go into the bathroom, you look in the mirror, you say Bloody Mary three times and they appear. That's how Matt has got Rand in his head. He says, he thinks about Rand and the colors appear. (laughs) What are you talking about? What, the like dumb shit when you do as a kid. It's like a scary story, you know, you're like, you go in the bathroom, you turn off the lights. Bloody Mary will come and get you if you say your name in the mirror three times. Like that kind of bullshit is what Matt's (laughs) doing. I have no Never idea what you're talking before. about. All right, cool. Somebody in why, chat knows what I'm why, talking about. Why? Okay, so you go into the bathroom and you yeah. say the name of a cocktail three times and a woman appears? No, it's like a horror story. Like, Bloody Mary is like a like scary person. Like, and what does she do? She kills you. You're like, you know, when you're like six years old and you're like, oh, oh no. It's I know Candyman, but I've yeah. literally never heard of Bloody Mary. Yeah, maybe it's. 
Canadian. I don't know. Yeah. We're from the same hometown. Thank you, monkey. Monkey knows what I'm talking about, okay? You're like a kid. You go into the bathroom and you're like, <laughs> Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Like, yeah, Queen Mary. That's who it's like referencing. Bloody Mary the Queen. Okay, yeah. No, I've never, literally never heard of this before. Bad, bad lady. Um, sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, good to know. Yeah, it's like a stupid horror story. And that's what I imagined like Matt doing with Rand, like saying his name in the mirror three times and then picturing exactly where he is and making a portal to go see him. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about Pavar really quick. Pavar goes to the Black Tower and is like, hey, uh, we want to meet Maz from Tame. We're Reds. And they're like, that's fucking weird. But like, yeah, he says, okay. And then they go in and they're like, hey, we want to bond some Ashaman. And Maz from Tame is like, cool. cool. Right. I am a Forsaken now. I mean, basically, he smacks some guy so hard with the power for, like, speaking a couple of words mm -hmm. that he basically is probably dead. Well, no, and then he says, let the Lord of Chaos rule. The only people we've heard that said to, forsaken. Oh, well, we know he's forsaken, but obviously Pivara is like, that's or, a or strange what's, thing. What's the other term for it? The, um, huh? not forsaken. They, there's a Dreadlords? term. Dreadlords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's evil. Um, yes. In case you've forgotten or didn't know already, Mazrum Tame is evil. Uh, if that was not clear enough. Um, I feel, I'm a little nervous for Pavara, but like, you know, Mazrum team doesn't do, he's like, okay, all right, that's, that's fine. Yeah. As long as the Ashaman consent to being bonded, then they can do it. Oh, so... no, that's not a, that's not on the table. What? That's yeah. not, no, Rand already said they don't have to consent. We already know that the. Different the... deal. Different deal. Pavara says, this is the deal from the White Tower, not from Rand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Pavara no, 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 no. is like, hey, you bonded some of ours. We're going to bond some of yours. They will get the option to say no if they want to, because you didn't do that for us. But yeah, she says any man who says it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I kind of wish a little bit that the tame reveal had been a little bit more of a reveal, and less of a like, yeah, we we fucking know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we fucking know. He's we're very evil. aware he's evil. Yeah, but the whole gain of it all is like, well, yeah, that was obvious. Yeah. Rand's gonna have to go figure like fix this because this is bad. Mm, I don't think he is. No I think he's going to fight it at the last battle. These are the Dreadlords oh, of the last battle. He's going to fight the Black Tower. I... And the White Tower. The White Tower also going to be Dreadlords for the Dark One. Well, no, I think Egwene's going to be the White Tower. I don't. I think Egwene is going to be evil. Wow. Because okay, Egwene a sucks. Wow. Egwene is too confident in the Aes Sedai, and it's going to burn her in the last books. I think it will burn her, but I, I think that... Uh, that the phoenix will rise from the ashes. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the end of the book. Mazum mm -hmm. Tames Evil. S surprise. Yep. Uh, Y'all, no book club next week. We're in London. Following week, book club, we're doing the uh, Strike a Child Ghoul. Mm -hmm. And we're doing The Ravens. Uh, just saying that now. Uh, we're also going to do a full book recap of this book. So uh, the questions tab is going to open. Our mods will go through that. Uh, there are rules. Please follow the rules Unless so that your questions get asked. One of those at Jordan Con. How? Like do a live stream. From where? From the the hallway. Let's 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 table a, a live stream from Jordan Con for now. Let's let's make sure that we get the full book recap and the striking that the Raven stuff. We can Done. do that in three hours. Yeah. And then if we can do a live stream from Jordan Con, we will. If we can couch con like the the. Um, Dusty Wheel does. We'll see if we can. But let's let's make sure that we get the like conversation on good audio. Yeah, okay, that's fair. James Smith, James... thank you for 10 gifted memberships. Thank you so much.
much. Oh my god. Thanks Y'all, so much. Appreciate that. Everyone in the chat is gonna be green by the end of the day. I swear. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. That was awesome. Um. All right. I want to talk about. Uh, we're eleven books in. We just finished Robert Jordan's last book. How are you feeling about the series right now, as a whole? Robert Jordan's contribution to it. You know, I I think that he built an incredibly interesting world. Mm-hmm. Like the that he has it. Jason, thank you for that super chat. Oh, my turn to pretend I'm blue. Jason, thank you so much. Um, yeah, yeah. There's it. It is unfortunate because we're never going to be able to talk about the series in like how Robert Jordan would have finished it. Yeah. But but Robert Jordan left a lot for Sanderson to work with. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he suddenly died and did not leave behind anything. And, you know, as, as tragic as the situation is, um, I, I'm really interested. I am interested in the story, but I'm equally as interested to see how these two writers collaborate. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what it is. I think it is a, going to be a collaboration of, of Robert Jordan as opposed to Sanderson just like picking it up and do, doing something else with it. Um, it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be weirder to talk about. Because it'll be like, is this a Sanderson thing? Is this a Jordan thing? Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really fascinating. But um, it is unfortunate that Robert Jordan did pass before he was able to finish this, like, epic, like, a sprawling epic that he began. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think what's interesting about this series right now is I enjoy it. Like, and I think that, you know, I, I have said every word on this podcast that I've said, and I mean all of them, except for the ones... That I was grossly wrong on. Um, I don't mean those. I was. I was. It was a joke. I was messing with you all. I was. I was testing you guys to see if you remembered properly. Of course, yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that I'm hoping for as we go into the the um, gathering storm, and one of the things at the end of this book left me with, mm-hmm. was a feeling of. Um, I hope that Brandon Sanderson can add stakes to this world. Because it's that is the thing that I think is missing the most for me. And I think why the slog is so sloggy is that Robert Jordan wrote a very safe series. Like, other than the stuff that hasn't aged well, um, I think that his portrayal of women hasn't aged particularly well. And I think, obviously, the slavery, the rape, like, the way he handles those things I don't think has aged well. But I think that even regardless of that stuff, I think that the—or regarding that stuff, but, but pushing that to the side for the moment, I think that this series is very safe— it's very uninterested in like complicating its narrative too much in terms of its heroes or allowing its villains to really thrive in a way that um, pushes them to the forefront of the narrative in any way. They, I said earlier, I have not felt worried about any uh, characters since Dumai's Wells. And even in Dumai's Wells... Like, the lead-up to Dumai's Wells is harsher than Dumai's Wells itself, right? Well, and I was like, all right, somebody's... Dumai's Wells is the big one. Somebody's going to mm-hmm. die. You know, so there's going to be there's gonna be something. And I, I was like, no, I actually... I think it's going to be Amis or Rourke. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's going to be, like, a loss there. And then there wasn't really. And and that was... It, it, ever since then, I, I have not felt, like, worry for our main characters. Well, and, and one of the things that I'm... That, that I... Because I said at the beginning of this podcast, I want to talk about why I found the end of this book. And honestly, Knife of Dreams as a whole, equal parts satisfying and frustrating. Mm. Is that I enjoy the end of this book. Yeah. While at the same time being very frustrated that all of the victories are so easy. 
And there's no variety. Individually, I think each of the battles that our characters face is well done. Yeah. I think Perrin's versus the Shadow is well done, other than cutting to the file stuff that I just didn't care for. Yeah. I think that the Elaine winning by like getting kidnapped and then getting unkidnapped and that giving them the position to ride in and save the day from behind was interesting. And I think that Matt having the magic crossbows uh, that are super great that suddenly appeared and allow him to have this like very easy victory is great. Rand takes another Forsaken kidnapped. Um, and like, yes, he does lose a hand and maybe is like partially blind, but like that that's that's all their losses. Well, but we also and, still don't know how Rand feels about that. And that's that I'm bringing it up again. Yeah, yeah. 15% more on how our characters feel after things happen, please. Um and the and Egwene is crushing Aleda's reputation in the White Tower right now pr- fairly easily. Like she's oh, yeah. getting spanked Egwene a lot. Egwene is winning handedly. But even Egwene is like, I don't really feel the spankings anymore. I'm fine. Yep. So we we end the slog with just sort of an across-the-board victory for everybody in a way that felt too easy considering the lead-up to all these fights. Oh my god, this, the, the Shido are going to be almost impossible to beat. We barely lost 100 people beating 40,000. Like, num- like, throwing out how easy it was for everybody, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, yeah. to back to back to back yeah. undercut the individual victories for me because... Yeah, I think that's fair. There's, there's no variety. They all just win again. Yeah. And I I think that what I want from Brandon Sanderson is a a real sense that the heroes of this story could lose the final battle because up until now the series hasn't given me that. The series has given me what what I would consider to be kind of a if you want a power fantasy where the good guys are the good guys and they win, this is kind of the series for you. It's, they never well, are really challenged. It's weird. I don't know if it's necessarily the good guys or the good guys. I think that uh, they all do some... They're Robert Jordan's good guys. Not not good guys in that they're good people. Gotcha. But Rob, who Robert Jordan clearly considers to be the protagonist of the series. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Methany, thank you for that super duper chat. We're behind, but why isn't Elaine more careful? It has me rolling on the floor. By the way, my cat is looking forward to discussion of Min being captured by the Shido. Don't fucking... If you... They, <laughs> I will riot. God damn it. Um, Porpalaja says, do you want to know if something's written by Jordan or Sanderson? There are a few things we know from interviews you might prefer not being told. I think we'll look that up after we finish the series. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we might ask in the in the podcast. We might have our ideas. Be like, I think this is this. You know, chat. If you know, let us know. Like, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll tell you guys. But um, thank you for the super chat. Arzuk Shefapur says, please read the forward of The Gathering Storm as the sneak peek at the end of this podcast. I think we're going to do that at the end of the full book recap. In well, two weeks. the full book recap, we have all the questions plus two other pieces of media. Do you want to go get the book? I don't have it. Sure, yeah, room. I can go get it. All right. Uh, and Metheny says, I second editor too. Thank you for those super chats, guys. I guess we're going to read the forward okay. at the end of this. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I, I think that this series... <sighs> the, this series has been very safe in terms of how fights end. So consistently... That I I would really I would have I would love for it to to do something else once or uh, once in a while and yeah I I um I don't know I, that has been the toughest part of this for me is yeah. like even at the end of this knife of dreams it's been eleven books in this series and I was joking about our heroes not having a military loss in book five. Yeah. And I didn't think that six books later, I would still be saying the same thing. Yeah. And 
it's the only series I've, it's the only series longer than like two books that I've ever experienced this in. Yeah. Where it's just like trying to tell me that, yes, they always win, but oh no, but they're more broody now. And like their loss is that they're, they brood more because of their, because of how it went. Yeah. And that to me just isn't, um, that to me is fine if it's 500,000 words. Yeah. But we're, we're past the 3 million word mark. And I get it. Like, Robert Jordan wrote... I, I, people have been telling me this is their comfort series. And I get it, right? There isn't really a lot of, like... There's not a lot to struggle with. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot to, to challenge the main characters. They kind of just have to wait until they power up. Mm-hmm. And then they can win the next fight. And they'll be given the magic item that makes them immune to the bad thing that comes for them, right? Yeah. And, like, I, I just would love to see our characters' actions matter more and our characters' decisions. It's why I love the Brigitte moment so much, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's not Brigitte having some magic power that saves the day. It's her. It's her actions and her choices that saves the day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, the, 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 the books have been this incredible world building and I feel like the, like, story structural supports within there just aren't very strong. Mm-hmm. And it's a little easy. It, it's it's a little simple. And, like, it's almost like it wants to be a, chi- a children's book narrative. But with so many adult themes and experiences. I don't know if I agree with that. But I agree with what else you said. What do you mean? Like, a children's book narrative. Like, I, I, I think that inherently this series is too complicated. Like... I mean in that, like, the, the the heroes are never in danger enough that the kids have to be scared. I thought they were in danger at the beginning. More so, yeah. Yeah. But still not... Here's the thing. In the beginning, you expect the heroes to get a couple of wins, right? To mm-hmm. start to build them up a little bit. Yeah. And then you expect them to take the hit. The problem is that the hit never came. Yeah. The The, the story structure, instead of doing this... And having peaks and valleys, the story structure kind of just went, and like I'm waiting, I'm waiting too long for the the villains to, to, for the villains to do fucking anything of note. Like yes, Rand lost a hand. That's very sad. But Rand has also had two injuries in his side that are just something for Robert Jordan to write about over and over and over again in a way that doesn't affect the plot, that doesn't yeah. change the plot, that doesn't, like, affect the options that they're, they're uh, that are ahead of Rand. It's just something for everyone to remark upon. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, I'm hoping that him not having a hand is more than just a thing that is remarked upon through the last three books. I'm hoping that it affects his character, that affects his choices. Because yeah. right now that's missing for me, and I don't give a shit about the last battle. Like, no, I, I could stop here. And I'd be like, you know what? All right. I, yeah. I, I I could. I'm not going to. We're going to finish book club. But I don't really care about who wins the last battle. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the stakes are. The villains all kind of suck. Are Like, like Aleda's incompetent. Yeah. The, the Forsaken aren't good at their job. So, like, I'm not scared that they're going to lose. So, I, I right now, just sitting at the end of 11 books, I'm sitting here like, I don't care. Because the 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 protagonists are all basically gods who always win yeah and the villains are all idiots who are so evil that they're all insane and they can't work together and like villainy in this world is incompetence not evil yeah evil is represented by humanity yeah and then the dark one is incompetent people and our heroes are being more evil 
but they're winning against the bad guys of the series because those characters are incompetent. Yeah. But so like, and this gets into my issue with the dark one being the concept of evil and not a villain character. Yeah. Is that we're, we're, we're headed into Tarman Gaiden. And if the concept of evil is the bad guy, mm-hmm. then evil actions help the bad guy. Right. And a lot of what our characters are becoming comfortable with are very evil actions. Yeah. And so how do you defeat evil with evil? I don't know that you can. Yeah. But our characters don't seem interested in fighting the Dark One with light. Because that's not, that it's never brought up. Like, that's never what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, they're kind of just, like, doing whatever they have to. And so I, I, I think that right now this series is is really muddled. I think that there is really good writing. I think that Robert Jordan writes some stuff really well. So you're hoping Sanderson brings some clarity. I'm hoping he brings stakes. I'm hoping I'm yeah. hoping the Forsaken fucking don't just get kidnapped or wiped out immediately at the mm-hmm. beginning of the next book. I, I hope that at some point I can feel like there is tension yeah. in a series that yeah. is so slack. Yeah. It's just dragging on the ground. And um Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I, I think that's fair. Like I said, I, I have not felt like anyone was in danger. I'm hoping that uh, Brandon Sanderson brings brings some of that tension, remove some of the slack from the story, um, and I have faith that he will. I have heard good things. So, uh, purple or uh, dirt burb says you're so close to the point and missing it entirely. I I'm not missing the point. I understand what you're saying. We're just the not books there are yet. missing the point. Yeah, the yeah. books aren't having a conversation about it. They're just. The, the, I think we're about to have a conversation about it. I hope so. Yeah. The problem is it's book 12. Yeah. It's 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 a little too late mm-hmm. for another writer to come. Like, and here's my problem, is that it's going to appear like, oh, another writer came in and understood how to actually, like, explore the themes that yeah. are there. And I, I'm worried that I'm going to be in this. The, I, I don't want to just sit through the next three books in book club being like, wow, Brandon Sanderson really saved this series. Because I feel like people will be mad at me for saying that. But, like, if Brandon Sanderson comes we'll in... We'll never know. I, I know we'll never know. We'll but never know. If Brandon Sanderson comes in mm-hmm. and the the themes of, like, you can't beat evil with evil suddenly start mattering to the actions of our character, if the Forsaken actually start being competent, if our but characters face loss... I know. I know. And here's the thing. I know. Maybe, maybe that was in Robert Jordan's notes and he just hadn't gotten there yet. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to see. Uh, Katharak, thank you for joining Welcome the NARC. One of the best things Sanderson did with the series was to make the bad guys five hundred percent more competent. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I think I'm gonna like the last three books. Yeah. I think that it's if I do like the last three books in the way that I think I'm going to, I'm worried about how it's going to make me look back on the books prior to that. If Sanderson saves the series for you, that that's just an opinion. That it's not bad. And it's an opinion that I'm going to share on the internet with people who are going to give me their opinion of my opinion. <laughs> sure, but I think a lot of people think that Sanderson saved the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think that you're going to be alone in that. Like, that's 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 that 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 is a take, and it's yours, and you're you're allowed to have it. Like, yeah, I just that's I, okay. I there there's this weird pressure that I think the community puts on people within this space, and I, I don't want to blame anyone for this. I'm not. This isn't like an attack. But I think that um, from for about a year now, I have had people reaching out to me to be like, Knife of Dreams is Robert Jordan's last book. And so it's important for that reason. Mm. And I, I don't have a personal connection to Robert Jordan. I wasn't on this journey with the books as they were coming out. And so 
as much as I can empathize with the reality of that, I'm not reading the book like that. Like that isn't important to my reading of the book. I'm reading the book as a book separate from the reality, like the real world. It is only what this world is giving me. Yeah. And I think that Knife of Dreams was the was a whimper at the end of a slog rather than this big moment. I think that it ends simply in a way that undermined my expectation of the last battle in that the it ends in such a tight bow so easily in each narrative and there's no loss yet again I, in a way that I feel like the stakes of this series are completely gone for me at this moment. That's fair. I, I, I don't feel like it's a whimper. I don't think it's the the best ending. I'm glad that things like resolved, mm-hmm. but like I don't, I it doesn't feel like weak to me. And that's fair. That that's yeah. your opinion. Like I'm not saying that you're wrong or I'm right. Yeah. I'm just saying for me, I I was reading these battles and I was so engrossed in each of these battles individually. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to the end of the book and I sat back with it, I was like, oh, I don't care anymore. Like the, the, if 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 our heroes are just going to always come out on top. I don't care. Yeah. And like, I was hoping that this was going to be more of like the end of Infinity War leading into the last battle. And it was just kind of like the end of a rather typical Marvel movie where you're like, and the heroes pulled it out once more. Yeah. And the journey to them pulling out once more this time wasn't as fun as it was in the first six books. The journey to their victories was so like broad, like so epic and fun. And then once you get to this point where like the journey to this conclusion was hard to get through yeah and the conclusion wasn't big enough to match the four book lead up to it mm-hmm. that like i just kind of was like i was relieved that it was over not that i was excited to be a part of it and like mm-hmm. that made me sad a little bit and i just i can only be honest about my feelings yeah. right I, I can only be honest about how i feel about the reading and for me the like the feeling of getting to the end of knife of dreams was relief i did it I don't think it was great, but I did it. Yeah. And I, I just wish I didn't feel that way. I wish that I could be going into the final three books. Like, I'm so excited for Tarman Gaiden. I still don't fucking know what that is. Like, yeah. I don't I don't have any concept of where we could possibly go next because Tarman Gaiden could be anything. This series yeah. hasn't narrowed anything down for me yet. And so it's just like, Brandon Sanderson has an open field for me. Perrin and Fayil have, like, I guess they might chase Masima, but also Masima's army's dead. So how dangerous is Masima at this point? Like, the Sanchin don't have their resources anymore and they've kind of been getting their asses kicked constantly so much so that like infantrymen are like oh yeah the ever victorious army you guys are doing great like yeah. they're a joke yeah Aleda is so comically insane that the white tower is just falling apart naturally around her she's yeah. a joke yeah. like all of the villains Semiraj got kidnapped like there's no threat to me I don't know what Tom Gaiden is and nobody that we've met scares me yeah Morden is like come and go, yeah. And so I, I'm, I, I just, I want to care, and I'm, I'm at this point in the series where I'm like, Brandon Sanderson has to come up and build up the threat of evil because it's, it's completely missing for me right now. Yeah, that's that, and and I just, I, and I wanted to save this for the end so that you know, because I know I talk about things too much, but, um, no, I think I, 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 th- I, I do agree. I do agree in a lot of like, in a lot of aspects it's and it's weird to talk about because Robert Jordan is is dead and like that is sad mm-hmm. right and so it's 
you know, we want to be honest, but we don't want to be, like, disrespectful. <laughs> that That's always a weird line for people because I think that Robert Jordan means something to a lot of fans as well. And so I, I, I think our expectations for Knife of Dreams were so high because we wanted them to be high. And well, everyone quite meet it, our expectations. And I do wonder if that's a part of it, right? Like, yeah, is being yeah, told yeah. by everyone that this is the best book. Knife of Dreams, Knife of Dreams. But not everybody thinks that way. And so it's all yeah. subjective, right? It is it, it is all just people's opinions. And I, I do wonder how much people building up this book, though, influenced the way that I read it. Because I'll never know. Like, I can't know what it would have been like to read it without that expectation put upon it. Yeah. Or if I didn't know that Robert Jordan that it was his last one. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if I would have felt differently about the book if I hadn't, if I had none of that knowledge. Because, mm -hmm. like, unlike the other books of the slog, Knife of Dreams was the one while reading it that I was the most, like, trying to love it. Like, I wanted to be on board with it because it was his last one, and I, I knew that it was important to the community because of that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, that didn't make me like it. So I, I don't know. I, I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of those things, I think people really like this book because it's much better than Crossroads of Twilight. Like, it is, you know, yeah. It is like a step up, which makes it seem like, which which it comes across as being really, really good because it's, it's, right it's beside my, maybe the worst book of the series. It's my eighth favorite Wheel of Time book. Okay, yeah. It's like one through six, the prologue. Uh, the prequel, prequel, New Spring. New Spring is great. And then uh, this is better than, this is, uh, to me, not better objectively, but subjectively to me, like, this is this is above Crown of Swords, Path of Daggers, Cross of Twilight, and Winter's Heart. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I wouldn't put it above any of the first six books. No. Maybe no. on par with Great Hunt. On par, I, I would put I really it on par with like, Great Hunt. I, I don't know. I, I think I like Great Hunt better personally. But, um, yeah, do we want to read the foreword before or after we do high lows and stuff? Let's do high-low, then the forward, then the outro, then smart corner. Great. Yeah. Love it. So uh, the way we do high-low here is that we talk about um, our highs and our lows. Because at my childhood dinner table, that's what we did. To commiserate over our highs, celebrate each other's, or commiserate over our lows, celebrate each other's highs. Claire's going to go first. I'll do my low. She'll do her low. And then I'll do my high. We compliment sandwich. This biche. Um, Hell yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into uh, this. Clarus, what's your high for the final chapters? of The Knife of Daggers. This one is like a very personal one. Okay. Uh, it's it's the Brigitte section, mm -hmm. but less about the characters and more that I got the feeling back of I just want to keep reading and reading and reading and like devouring what's happening in this moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's like a high for like how I, I, I felt um, like having a character like kick ass and bringing that feeling back to the reading. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's my high, high, high for sure. Might be the book high in, in two weeks. You'll we'll see. But um, yeah, what is your low? Uh, my low is uh the 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 moment after the battle starts when they cut to Fayil for the groping sequence. It just it like it undercut the energy of the parent charge so much for me. That it like it was majorly distracting after something that I was so invested in yep. to just be like, and now we're with this storyline and it's bland and it sucks. And I was like, well, fuck this. Like, ugh, well, God it's damn only it. like it's like a couple pages of. And like, it's not nothing. worth anything. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't move the narrative forward. It is just there to be like, don't worry. Like, there's one final indecency on the way out. And I was like, no, no, no we're in the middle of something right now. Yeah, this isn't important enough to like cut away from the battle. Yeah, and so that that was my low this week. Yeah, my low is. The is Aram just dying? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that though might change reading on in the future to see how it affects people. But he just died. He seemed to be very important. He's been with us since the beginning, and he he just he just died. And it was like, oh, ah. okay, well that sucks. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your high? Um, my high. It's tough. There's there because like like I said, like it's fifty fifty for me. This whole section, right? There's the highs of totally. highs and the lows of lows this week. Yeah. And I think that my high is gonna be honestly. This is dumb, but I think it's the it is the joke of Kareed thinking that Tom is Gareth Bryan. Because the way, because it, it, and what's so good about it in the way that it's written is that the joke is that Kareed is so intelligent and so serious. Yes. And he comes to this conclusion seriously. Yes. It's not like, it's not like happenstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that this man who is this smart is tricked by the the story of Tom Marilyn, his own pompousness that he spreads as he goes from place to place as a gleeman, yeah, yeah. has built into Kareed misunderstanding the situation so massively. Yeah. And the way that Robert Jordan writes that is just excellent. It's, great. it's so funny. And it's 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 funny. It's humor from a character who is in no way comedic. No, yeah. That and works so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, that's, that's some good comedy from Robert Jordan. Appreciate that from you. And when he gets to the band of the Red Hand, and the band is like, you want to see Tom? And he's like, yeah, your leader. And they're like, oh, okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take you to Tom. Like, the way all of that plays out is just, it's excellent writing. Hilarious. It's really excellent writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that moment. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, uh, y'all. Chat, who do you want to read this, me or nerdy? (laughs) Who's doing, who's reading out loud? Should we switch every paragraph? How long is it? Um, it is two pages. two pages. Do you want to like switch off? I mean, we can. I don't know if that makes it weirder. All right, um, go. Who, at, who's reading voice? Do you enjoy more? <laughs> That's what it's going to come down to. Um, well, one of us can read well and the other is me. So who has a better Brando Sando impression? Uh, neither. Oh, that's all I wanted. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is this? I don't do impressions very well, so. Um... What does Brando Sando sound like? Uh, I feel like, like he pitches dude. his voice. His his voice is pitched up a little high. Yeah. And he. You know, the thing I think is that I think he, I think Brando kind of he kind of speaks a little bit high, it's a and he does a like thing breathy. where he kind of stops in the middle of sentences when it's he's describing plot. It's not quite that high. It's it's like a little. Am I too high? It's a little too high. Is it like here? Is it like? But he does that thing. Where he'll be talking, like, because um, I'd listen to him talk about Rings of Power. I think your voice is too tinny for it. Mm. I don't think I don't think you're gonna be able to to. Eh, well, chances is like pretty good. All right, here we go. Um, I've only ever seen him talk about fucking uh, Rings of Power. Brando, Brando Sando, if you ever see this, this no, is don't m- read it like him. Okay, no, it, this is serious. This is serious. <clears throat> yeah. Forward. The Gathering Storm. In new... <clears throat> Forward. The Gathering Storm. <clears throat> In November 2007, I received a phone call that would change my life forever. Harriet McDougall, wife and editor of the late Robert Jordan, called to ask me if I would complete the last book of The Wheel of Time. For those who did not know Mr. Jordan had passed away, it pains me to be the one to break the news. I remember how I felt when... 
While idly browsing the internet on September 16th, 2007, I discovered that he had died. I was shocked, stunned, and disheartened. This wonderful man, a hero to me in my writing career, was gone. The world suddenly became a different place. I first picked up the Eye of the World in 1990 when I was a teenage fantasy addict visiting my corner bookstore. I became a fan instantly and eagerly awaited the great hunt. Over the years, I've read the books numerous times, often rereading the entire series when a new book was released. Time passed and I decided I wanted to become a fantasy author, influenced in large part by how much I loved The Wheel of Time. And yet never did I think that I would one day get that phone call from Harriet. It came to me as a complete surprise. I had not asked, applied, or dared wish for this opportunity. Though, when the request was made, my answer was immediate. I love this series, as I have loved none other, and the characters feel like old dear friends from my childhood. I cannot replace Robert Jordan. Nobody could write this book as well as he could have. That is a simple fact. Fortunately, he left many notes, outlines, completed scenes, and dictated explanations with his wife and assistants. Before his passing, he asked Harriet to find someone to complete the series for his fans. He loved you all very much, and spent the very last weeks of his life dictating events for the final volume. It was to be called A Memory of Light. Eighteen months later, we are here. Mr. Jordan promised that the final book would be big, but the manuscript was the manuscript soon grew prohibitively large. Huge. I'm trying here, guys. I'm really pushed through. <clears throat> it would be three times the size of a regular Wheel of Time book, and the decision was made by Harriet and Tor to split A Memory of Light into thirds because they were greedy and they wanted more money from you all. They figured that if they sold it as three different novels, they could have more in their coffers and continue to be rich off of this series. I'm, kidding. Right. I'm, kidding, okay. I'm kidding. 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 God damn it. There were uh, into thirds. Everything after that was um, a joke. For legal reasons, I was kidding. There were several excellent breaking points that would have that would give a full and complete story in each third. You may think of The Gathering Storm and its two followers as the three volumes of A Memory of Light, or as the final three books of The Wheel of Time. Both are correct. As of this writing, I am halfway done with the second third. We are working as quickly as is reasonable, and we don't want you to have to wait too long to get the ending we were all promised nearly 20 years ago. Mr. Jordan did write this ending himself before he passed away, and I have read it, and it is fantastic. I have not tried to imitate Mr. Jordan's style, thank you. Instead, I've adapted that thank you was me editorializing again. Instead, I've adapted my style to be appropriate to the wheel of time. My main goal was to stay true to the souls of the characters. The plot is, in large part, Robert Jordan's, though many of the words are mine. Imagine this book as the product of a new director working on some of the scenes of a movie while retaining the same actors and script. Jordan was kind enough to send me two viewing stones that I may see the transcript through so that I could dictate this book much in the... No, no, sorry, that's the Book of Mormon. Uh, no, he said, but in this big project... Sorry, I'll go back. Uh, While retaining the same actors and script. But this is a big project, and it will take time to complete. I beg your patience as we spend these next few years perfecting the story. We hold in our hands the ending of the greatest fantasy epic of our time, and I intend to see it done right. I intend to remain true to Mr. Jordan's wishes and notes. My artistic integrity and love for the books will not let me do anything less. In the end, I let the words herein stand as the best argument for what we are doing. 
This is not my book. It is Robert Jordan's book, and to a lesser extent, it is your book. Thank you for reading. Brandon Sanderson, June 2009. God, that's so far. That's forever ago. Jesus Christ. Mm. Damn. Okay. I spoiled myself. What? By like... I opened the book and I saw the word Rand. Guys, Rand is in the book. Damn it. No, that's good. We want more Rand. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Taking the book away from you. God damn it. Oh, there's like a... Not a prophecy thing. Yeah. There's a... Prologue. Oh. What oh. the storm means. Renald Fanwar sat on his porch watching... What the fuck is that? Fuck off! <laughs> All right. Uh, Only 14 years ago, just yesterday. That's crazy. Wild. No, June 2009. So June. 14 years ago in June. It is March. No, you got so cheeky while reading that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. God damn. Anyways. Mm. So uh, you've read as much Rand in this as he was in Crosswoods of Twilight. Fair. Fair. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Y'all, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who purchased the merch today. Uh, thank you for buying our new Matram Coffin stuff. Uh, the latest batch, Trevor, Gary, Jessica, Chantel, Evan, and Devin. Thank you so much. I hope that you enjoy Thank the merch. You. I hope it gets to you soon so that you can enjoy it the way that I have been enjoying wearing this hoodie. It's super cute. Because as always, I'm no bloody hero. I am just a nerd on the internet talking about a book series. And I hope that I did not piss you all off too much this week with how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I am very excited actually to get to get into this and Vasher says, you know he's keeping true to Jordan's wishes when the prologue introduces a random new character. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. nailed it. Love Fucking it. Nailed it. Gotta love uh Randall. Alright, y'all. Make sure you like this video before you skedaddle on out of here before we talk about smut. Do you have any feelings about the forward before we move on? <sighs> That's it's heavy. You know, it's it's it it is tragic what happened, but I think that was very classy, you know? Like Yeah. It's 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 not my book. Some of these are my words, but it's his book and it's your book and yeah. this is about all of us together. And I, I think that that's really cool. I really like the forward because look, as much as I think it's clear that I'm hoping for some change in the upcoming books in terms of how the narrative plays out, mm -hmm. I also would hate for Brandon Sanderson to have tried to fully imitate Robert Jordan, I, I feel like there's there's a fine line there where imitation from one author to another starts to feel cloying. And I think that Brandon Sanderson being more honest to his style, his style, which was without a doubt influenced by Wheel of Time as he was a young author, I think that's going to allow for it to feel a little bit more naturalistic in the transition um, yeah. between the two. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I, I think that the way that he wrote that prologue was very wonderful. Much like uh, his response to the Wired article this week. I thought he wrote an incredible response. That was wild. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm excited to read Brandon Sanderson because I've only read letters that he's written on the internet so far. And so, th th both of those things, this forward and that um, response to the Wired article, were incredibly well written. So yeah. I am, I'm excited to get into the Brando Sando era um, of the Wheel of Time and hope that... Um, I just hope I can find a little bit more joy week to week in the reading than I have lately. And um, I appreciate you all sticking around as we go on this journey. And, and we, we feel the high highs and the low lows of uh, the Wheel of Time yeah. and um, all it has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a wild ride. Guys, we're, we're like kind of in comparison, like on the home stretch. You know, we've read 12 <laughs> books. 
We're like, we're getting there. We're getting to the end. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, we're getting there. We only have 750,000 more words to read. Yep, easy. <laughs> fucking easy. Um, That's uh, fucking tasty. I know, it's so Guys, good. Guys, the emotional damage, emotional damage from gamer subs. Fucking great. Use coupon code CARUS for 10% off. All right. Uh, if you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. If you don't, hit the dislike button. Leave me in comments down below because the algorithm got us hungry and we must feed her. The algorithm goddess of this episode is Brigitte. Aludra. Oh. I was going to... We, we talked a lot about Brigitte. Aludra made grenades. That's cool, yeah. I and Brigitte was incredible. She's also hungry for Matt, Matt Cawthon, so... You know what? He's married now. That's not going to happen. Um, mm. But also, I hope that Tuan finds a very ugly man to go have sex with. Um... Tuan or Brigitte? Sorry, I'm um, sorry, uh, Brigitte. I Brigitte? Hope Brigitte. I was like, what? That doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope Brigitte gets laid. I hope Tuan never Teaser. experiences sexual pleasure in her life, because um, slavers do not uh, deserve pleasure. Uh, if you want to follow us around the internet, you can. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Claris Polaris. Give the podcast five stars on Apple iTunes. Why not? It's free. It's a great way to support the show. Yeah. You know what's another great way to support the show? Buy the freaking merch. Merch. We have Matt shit. Go buy it. There's a coupon code for five dollars off if you are a member or a patron. Uh, anything else? No, that's uh, that's it. Cool. Time for some smut. Time for some smut. Where would you smut. add smut into this? Because the obvious answer is Perrin and Fayil fucking the street in Malden. Just like yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. watching. Yeah, just rip yeah. each other's clothes off. They're like, I can't, can't help myself anymore. Magden um, is looking at it like, oh my god, that's how Gareth Bryan used to do me. I need to. Well, find no, him. it's how Maines then like picks up Magden and is like, I love you. Fuck me. And she's like, okay. Not Talmains. Talonvor. I keep... I was like, wait, what? I ta fucking... These names in this fucking goddamn series, Jesus Christ. Uh, Talonvor and Morghese. They finally yeah. get to bone down. Maybe. You know, they, they, I hope they oh, do. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna, it's gonna it's happen. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. Sean says you want Tuan to be married to Ben Shapiro. No, they would be too happy together. Ah, no. God, Ben Shapiro would be like, wait, I can have slaves? That's what I've always wanted. Oh. God. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not Talmains. I'm sorry. That is my bad. Talonvor and Morghese going to bone down. I've never liked them together. I, I want, I've want. i always wanted her to get back to Gareth Bryan, but I know that Swan and Gareth Bryan are... It's complicated. I know, I know, I know. I know or Tom, but Tom is, like, in love with... Um, with Moiraine? Moiraine? Just like, oh, weirdly, weirdly, like, I want more... I want a scene where Morghese, Swan, and Moraine have to sit down and talk about the, like... Shared lovers that they all have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had sex with you, and you've had sex with this person. We've had sex together, and <laughs> just so y'all know what you're getting into. Oh my god, it's gonna be a good time. I want them to live on like a weird polyamorous commune in Andor. Like they take over the Black Tower and they just like grow vegetables after the last battle and have their weird polyamorous lifestyle. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um, it's very sad that Matt did not get a kiss before his wife leaves. But so sad. I mean, I, I feel so bad for that. Um, yeah. Uh, no Rand in this final section. So no. I hope that Min is... Um, I hope he's good with his tongue because he's got half his fingers. You know? It was his left hand. Sure. I can't do shit with my left hand. It's all right hand <laughs> for me. I'm just saying. Loose Theron has got his back. He's fine. He's Rand fine. has literal magic. He can make the nubbin... Oh my God. You know what he should do? Use the one power to make his, like, like hold it there and then make it vibrate like a Hitachi wand. <laughs> so Min is just, like, spread eagle, right? And man, Rand just puts the, like, the, like, fleshy part of his nubbin oh, against the clit. And then God. he just, like, vibrato. And it's, like, 
right, I can't. Talk and somewhere that. in it. somewhere in Camelin, Elena's like, "What is happening? I think my baby's coming." No, no, nope, no, nope, no, Min's like, coming. Min's coming. No, she's like, "I gotta find that red rod again." At the end, I need to know what the red rod does. Yes, can you please uh, touch it for me? Oh God. Oh wow. I fucking oh hated all of that. I hated all of that Woo! so much. Uh, do you think Elaine takes another warder? Do you think Do you think Elaine takes another man? Because um, that guy's no. hot. He's good looking. No, I don't think so. You don't think she wants to be airtight? No. I, we could find a strap on grail for Brigitte. God damn it. What? <laughs> Cannot. Cannot. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Elaine, Elaine's been through a lot. I think she can take it. Oh, I, I'm sure. Pregnancy, pregnancy is a fetish for a lot of people. That's true. Um, we have a friend who uh, is is still pretending to be pregnant online uh, because her uh, OF makes more money that way. Yeah. Crazy. And people haven't put together that she's been pregnant for like 13 months. Yeah. People can't count. People are bad at math, so it's fine. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Oh, Jesus Christ, I know a weird place. Uh, James Ross, thank you <laughs> for that. I show up for Smut fun. Corner Super Chat. There's gotta be people who only I come, that who like, not. click into the YouTube video for the last five minutes. They scroll to the end and are like, yeah. what fucked up shit did Nerdy say about Rand's nubbin <laughs> as a Hitachi one? Like, oh my god. I can't top it. Uh, do something nerdy tonight. Do you think that... Wait, 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 wait. I have an idea. So, rant... You know how men, like, it can be hard to, like, last in bed, right? If you sit... Yeah, apparently. Do you think that if Rand and Luce Theron trade who's in control, the, like, climax goes back to zero, and so they can last longer? Because, like, if, if like, Rand gets close, they, like, trade over to Luce Theron being in control, and so the, like, feeling has to start over? Or is it the body? No, no, I think Rand uh, does the glee thing where he imagines hitting someone with his car to bring him back down, you know? I forgot about um, that. That's so fucking dark. <laughs> he just pictures himself holding Kalendor and murdering swaths of people and being like, oh, no, okay, I'm good. Let's, okay, I can get back to it. When I'm, when we're like having sex and I'm like trying to not finish, uh-huh. I just try in my head to remember the events of the slog in order. And that just, that kills it. That, that, uh. Wow. Like, sometimes wow. I'll be like, all right, just say mm-hmm. the books of the Wheel of Time in order. And then I get to, like, Crown of Swords, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Um, what happens in Crown of Swords? Crown of Swords, yeah. and then Path of Daggers, or? <laughs> no, no, no. And that, like, that keeps me gone. That, that gives to, me another, like, ten minutes. You you have to figure out the Shido plot line throughout the six books. That, that, that's what brings you down, you know? Abino says, uh, Nerdy just thinks about Cat Swain. That always keeps him going. Nah, that wouldn't work. I'm into older women, so. God damn it. <laughs> Imagine the sexual secret she would know after 370 years. I hope something. I, she's better got, she, she better got oh something. Oh my God. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. What's the fucking point? Uh. Is that the end of the podcast? Do something nerdy tonight. Bye. Bye.